This week's episode of the Screenwriter's Rant Room is brought to you by avgearguy.com. If you have any photos or documents that you need to scan or videotapes or audio tapes or film rolls that you need to import into your computer, check out avgearguy.com. If you mention the name of this podcast, when you order, you'll get 5% off and a portion of your order will go to help support the rant room. All these formats degrade over time and are sitting ducks in the case of fire or theft. Why not convert it all to digital? All of your memories could be stored safely on the cloud or on a hard drive that fits in your pocket. AVGearGuy.com has over 30 years of experience with all kinds of media, digital and analog, and they can accept orders from anywhere in the United States. Don't forget to mention the Screenwriter's Rant Room and get 5% off your order. For more details, visit their website at avgearguy.com. I'm say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Rant Room Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminished and the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, they used to pull a kaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, everybody? 2020. 2020. Yeah. (laughs) On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. So, today, y'all, is our 300th episode whoop, whoop special yeah yeah so we had to go That's live crazy. for y'all today <clears throat> you know what i mean give you guys a little bit of game and um would appreciate all the you guys you see here we are live tilt, tilt down just a little bit there we go um brother gotta be pretty when he did this thing um <laughs> uh so it's our 300th episode so we wanted to go live for you guys we hardly ever go live i think we went live like twice or something yeah, um yeah. over 300 freaking episodes so anyway so we're gonna go live right now um, Lisa Bolakaja will be in in a minute. She's going to pop in. Um, but um, if you guys are grown, let's just go ahead. Let me introduce my whole show. Give me that. Give me that camera. So today, of course, we got my man, Chris Derrick in the house. What's up, Chris Derrick? I'm doing good. I'm doing real good. Yeah. I'm not dealing with the... Uh, uh, can you even see me? You can't see me. Oh, no, I'm fucking up. But yeah. Damn shit. You can't give me no damn camera. See? Yeah, there you go. Okay, you so right? yeah, I can see myself. So yeah, um, um, I'm doing well. You yeah. know, I'm not. I'm not. I had a fantastic. See, this was interesting. <clears throat> you know, we were talking about uh, if you're gonna, you know, we gotta, you gotta ask for shit, right? Of course, always gotta ask for shit. And but I was listening to this woman say that on this TED talk, she was saying that. You know these top ten things that people that people don't want to do, right? Because you know people like like people like don't want to speak in public and stuff like that. She was saying that that one of those things is 
people don't want to ask for help. That's right. And it's hard to ask for help. She said this really interesting thing. She said, we all suffer from this thing called the illusion of transparency, which is a psychological, it's a psychological condition where we, that we all suffer from, and is this. It's the mistaken belief that our thoughts, feelings, and needs are really obvious to other people. Hmm. They're not. They sure aren't. Hmm. That's why you got to ask for shit. Yeah, for sure. Because no one fucking knows. <clears throat> right. And people don't know what you're going through. People don't know that you need help. And I, uh, uh, you know, I was, I, was, I, was, I was meeting with a friend of mine, you know, like last fall about, about a project that I wrote. And he was like, oh, here's someone that you need to, to bring this to. Right. They would fucking love this. And I was like, well, can you give me their information? He's like, sure. Hmm. Send it to me. Right. So I was like, okay, okay, okay. But I said, so now we got to get the script ready. The script is almost ready. I do a little more work. <clears throat> finished it. I got my new manager with it. Mm-hmm. And then I reached out to this, you know, you know, like to the executive. Right. Big place. Right. Perfect place for this too. Right. And I sent them the email. I said, hey, I'm reaching out because, you know, because <clears throat> so-and-so said that you read my pod and it's about this and he thought you guys might like it. And, uh, you know, and, and, and like here's the log line and like here's more what it's about. To like, like the big idea. And I just sent it off. And then, like, a week went by. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Welcome damn it. Hollywood. <laughs> you know, I, I was like, damn it. It's like, <clears throat> you gave it to tell me no. Right. You know? Um, and then I was asking Willie to try to say, I said, you know what? I wonder if this person still works at the company. So I had, had him look up on IMDb and stuff like that. And her name was on IMDb. And I was like, oh, she might be gone. Oh, so, so, so I was getting ready to write an email to my manager saying, hey, this person I want to reach out to is gone. And while, and while I was composing that, I was in the other room. I came back and I got an email back from the woman. Huh. She was like, hey, thanks for reaching out. We know all about this topic hmm. and we've tried to crack it and we haven't been able to crack it. Yeah. We want to see your pilot. Hmm. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. I can't tell you who this is, but I'll tell you guys. But I was, it's, it's the perfect place for this. Right. And I just was like, it's all because I asked dude earlier, mm-hmm. you know, six months ago. Right. But is you know, but and so, and so, but not a thing that's bothering me is I have another pilot that I just finished that I asked uh, Gun Mazar to read, and he was fucking. He said he fucking loved it, um, and I need to ask this other guy for another favor. <laughs> I don't want to ask him another favor right now, but I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna. I mean, right. I'm gonna have to. You gotta do I'm, you I'm gonna do. have to. You it's know. Tough. But yeah. I talk with him because. But 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 he's out of town. He's shooting the show. He's been he's been in Vancouver since November, and I texted him because it's a trailer for a, a movie he wrote dropped about two weeks ago, <laughs> and he was like, "When I'm back, I'll, I'm still fucking up here. When I'm back, let's have dinner." So I'm gonna I'll bring it up when we have dinner. Right. But I'm excited. Yeah. I'm super excited. Although like. we can't go meet anybody. Cause it's <laughs> not yet. Just virus. <clears throat> well, I was telling. I was telling. By the way, we got Tracy Grant. Y'all see Tracy over there? What's up, people? See um, see the back of my head. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm fucking up. There we go. Nice. Bam. Live. Who, who that right there? Congratulations. I'm in the house <laughs> for show. Exactly. Exactly. For show. Nice to be with y'all. Yo. Shout out to everybody still rocking with the podcast. Exactly. Episode 300. I'm right. always privileged, honored to be here. Um, y'all know these are my peeps. Right. I was saying to Hilliard mm. before we shot, before we turned the camera on, you know, my since I was last here, mm-hmm. um, my Twitter game, I stepped up my Twitter game writing-wise. We've had a lot of guests on a podcast who are associated with 
WGA solidarity boost, staffing boost, all of that. There's a lot of pre-WGA hashtags on there now. So I want to encourage all the writers, even if you're late to it, it's um, it's there for you. You know, every day is a new day. Don't worry about what you didn't do before. It took me a long time before I got one of my scripts recommended. Mm -hmm. Um, I hung in there. Um, gentleman I met with, I was with Chris at the WGA. When I met him, he took a few months to read this particular pilot, but he liked it. He liked it. He shouted it out on Twitter. Mm -hmm. As a result of that, a showrunner, a high level person said, I would like to read this. And she's reading it now. Um, so, you know, shout out to them. <clears throat> and then, you know, Hilliard who knows a lot of people, has a lot of hot projects he's associated with, jumped on Twitter and said, you know, Tracy Grant is the shit. You know, you should hire him. And and he meant it. He's a, <laughs> he's a friend. And I, I don't want to take up too much no, time, fine, but fine. We, for least I try to be useful when uh, <laughs> when I have the when I have the microphone. So my point about that is it meant a lot to me as a friend, Hilliard is a friend beyond the entertainment business. Sure. Um, but I know a we lot of writers. We go to each other's weddings and shit. <laughs> we, we've been to each other's weddings. And we also, now he's read my stuff. Don't right. get me wrong. We helped each other with a lot of scripts over sure. the years. And so that was cool. But I know a lot of writers. Mm -hmm. Like I'm acquainted with a lot of people I work no, with. You ain't new. Some who've even been on this podcast. <laughs> right, 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 right. Who have not done that. <laughs> For whatever reason, right. not saying they owe me that, um, but it's interesting. I've gotten more love writing-wise from people I've met in the last year right. than from people I've known for ten years who tell you keep writing, don't give up, keep at it. Right. So my <clears throat> Hilliard and Chris and Lisa's friendship goes way deeper than that for mm, me. Like for sure. if I come to them, I come to Hilliard, I come to Chris and I have an issue or something I'm going through, bad day, whatever, they're gonna say something along the lines of, forget your troubles, you know, let's just go get this coffee. <laughs> forget your troubles for the <clears throat> moment. Um, I would do it for them, they've done it for me. If you have someone in your life who can tell you, forget your troubles for now. Right then you need to treasure that person. Um, and we're even more reminded of that in these crazy days. You know, everybody's using hand sanitizer and wet wipes and, you know, trying to stay germ-free and disease-free. because I'm not. Out. I'm licking the floor. And I'm just <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. it's good, man. It's good. I mean, look, I mean. We're going to cut off for a minute, but uh, we'll be back. Um. <clears throat> yeah, I just want to do that just for the intro. Yeah. Um. You got questions? Yeah. 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 Questions. Yeah, we got a question. So, so my dude, um, on Twitter, we got a question from Ralph Walker. He's okay. a he's a big um fan of, fan of the show. He's a always always tweeting me all the time about different things. So he said, actually, here's a question. He said, how do you keep your? This is kind of what we're talking about right now. Actually, it's perfect. He said, how do you keep your creative focus in the face of crisis? My creativity is popping right now, <clears throat> but my productivity is crap because of distraction, worry, and fear. I'm making lots of lists and fragments of ideas, but not accomplishing much. Okay, so... Thanks for that, Ralph. I'm going to have to... 
have to link this in the in the show notes. Mm-hmm. You know, I talk about this guy Tim Ferriss quite a bit. You know. Mm-hmm. And he's a very interesting, maybe about a, in the summer, last summer, he mentioned that he follows the wisdom of this, uh, this Roman thinker named Seneca, who's kind of like one of the top, uh, I would say, thought leaders, for lack of a better term, you know, mm-hmm. his dead attorney, of, of the uh, Stoicism um, <clears throat> philosophy. Stoicism is not what a lot of people think it is. Uh, in terms, of, it's just it's a it's a it's a mind state. It's a philosophy to help you stay even keel when bad shit is when bad shit is happening hmm. to you. And he put together these four books called the you know um, called the Tao of Seneca, where he took a bunch of this guy's writings and put the, and, and he and he put them together as these eBooks. Right. And they're just there's three PDFs, and he and he's like you know he was like look I've read these things. Dozens of times, I can quote from these passages. I read them all the time, mm. you know, to keep me. Cause, and I was like, okay, well, let me see what he's talking about. And I read <laughs> them. I mean, I, I mean, like, I'm still in the middle of volume one because there, I, I might be like one or maybe like two, two or three a week at night mm. before I go to bed. Just kind of like get my mind to calm my mind down. Right. It's all. It's just and the stuff he talks about. Him, it's just he's right. He's him writing to one a friend of his. So it's all these letters that he wrote to one friend of his named. Um, Lucilius, and it's just, a, and it's just the it's just his responses back. So you don't know what the letter was sent to him, okay. but you get to see what he's responding back. And it's all manager stuff going on in this guy's life. Yeah. People who've got money who who treat you bad. You know, this is how things are when things are crazy. This is, you know, like it's important yeah. to do this. And it's just, and he's kind of like, this is how you need to be. He's talking about like, you know what? I remember the early ones that was like, you know, like the, he was like, this is why it's dangerous to be in a crowd. Mm. Yeah, what does what he mean by in the crowd? What does he mean by? He's like, he's, he's, because because if you're around people all the time, then you never have enough time to keep your own to to, to monitor your own thoughts and to keep your own thoughts yours. Because right. your time and your thoughts are important to you if you want to do something mm-hmm. and you and not be trying to fight off other people's ideas. Distractions, distractions. Right. And it's you know, <clears throat> and it's like the thing about what's going on now is. You know, like I don't have cable TV right now. Mm-hmm. I pulled the plug on that. Maybe <laughs> two, a lot of people don't. Yeah, like two really? years ago. Right. And mainly, he's like a friend. I was telling me he was. He's was, he's my friend from Vancouver. He's in town. He's staying with this woman he's working with, and she has um, CNN on all the time. Right. He's telling me he was. He and he was like, I'm trying to work, and she's up here recording because she's a recording artist, and it's like. CNN is on for six hours. She's like, for six hours straight, he's here in the background. Re- repetitive shit. Too. Repetitive, and it's uh, just fear-mongering. I couldn't do it. So I it's like, it. you know, it's like, so what's going on now is this fear-mongering. Mm-hmm. But the thing about Ferris's thing about the stoicism is, the main thing he's, he always talks about is, you know, learning how to say no to things. Because mm-hmm. you got to be able to say no to things that you know aren't going to benefit you. Or just gonna steal your time, right. and if this guy Ralph Walker, if he's making these lists and he and he's not focusing because he's not, I mean, like number one, it's like I feel that it's like sit down, find a list that you like or or idea that you like on one of those lists, and just do a deep dive into that one idea. Don't have like right now ten. Just go, I get one idea and somebody just and just detail it out, detail it, and just focus, 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 focus on that. And it will and 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 the other shit around you 
will disappear. <clears throat> you know, actually, like turn your phone off because right. like, my, my, oh, for God's sake, yeah, yeah. Yes. I, I, you know, all, all that shit, and just cut yourself off for a little bit. Not like you're in a high, but it's like if you want to get work done, then you mm. got to focus. Finish well, me, one, you can finish one. Well, what I was going to say, this is funny that thank you, Rob, for this question because it's actually very current. You know, too, I'm sure a lot of people are feeling the exact thing you're saying. <clears throat> so I was feeling this yesterday. So it's it's odd. So I called Pamela, my producing partner, and I was like, girl, she's like, what? I was like, you need to bring me back down the hill, right? And she's like, what's up? And I said, I'm kind of tripping right now. And I said, it's a combination of things. I know we all are going through, like you said, now you got these scripts out, who the fuck is going to read it, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, she actually brought me down to the reality. And I was like, you know, we're, we're, we're stressing. You know, we got this movie we're trying to produce and it might get bumped because of this and this. I said, we got the NBA thing going at the Writers Guild. You know, I got all these pictures are supposed to happen in April. They're probably going to be pushed and blah, blah, blah. And she, was, and she just started chuckling to herself. And I was like, what the fuck is so funny? She was like... Um, and I said, oh, and I said, in part, I'm also stressed because, you know, we had these plans for these projects. That means they're going to be pushed. So that money we plan on making is going to be whatever. And she said, take a breath. What did you say? Right. You got to have that friend. For sure. She said, take a breath. She said, um, here's something that you may not have thought of. She said, because uh, like the script we just did for Sherry, <clears throat> she said, the good th- here's he she said i actually think it's a good thing i said it's a good thing she said yeah she said because think about this that script i rushed to write now i have time to sit in it think about it stew in it do some rewrites some things that we were talking about doing now i can do those you know because we we're so focused on getting things to the investors that you know some things may have just been like we're gonna fix that later we're gonna fix that later she's now i can fix it right i was like yeah okay she said, and the other thing I was going to do, and this is something for you, Ralph and Tracy and Chris. Mm-hmm. She said, look back in 2019 of all those meetings you had. Who have you not stayed in touch with? She said, now's the time to reach out to them. Everybody's going to be off for at least two to three weeks. Right? That's right. She said, let's reach out to all those meetings we got from our manager back last year. Let's reach out to everybody and say, hey, how did you feel about this thing? Or, hey, we got this new thing. You know, and I was like, and all of a sudden I just started going like, oh, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I started putting my list together. For sure. You know, about whatever. And I started getting excited again, you know, and I was I was I was in that mode. She brought you back. She brought me back. I have if I would add one other thing Mm. for for Ralph. And I learned this from my wife. So shout out to (laughs) Stacey Price Grant. So this is before we were married. Um, And I was trying to prepare or the one I had a real issue that was going to affect both of us. Right. And she said very simply, you know, maybe it may be as bad as you think it is. It may be nothing. It could be anything in between. Right. But worrying about the shit isn't going to change anything. Hmm. It's going to be what it's going to be. That's outside your control. Worrying about it isn't going to change anything. So, Ralph, you were saying your productivity is not what you would like it to be, even though your creativity is flowing. I really like Chris's advice about focusing on one idea, Mm -hmm. but 
None of us know what's going to happen in the weeks to come. Sure. You don't know how anyone's going to respond <clears throat> to the material that you send them or what you're working. So it's pointless to worry about it. Right. You know, it may take some mental effort and some focus, but once you do that, it seems like you you got a good little role going. And so anytime you finish a project or a draft, it's a good thing. Right. There's good books. So when you get to the, the draft stage, you feel like you can write script pages, you need to do that ASAP. Right. And well, even if that first one is garbage, as opposed to looking at potential ideas and which one is better and which mm -hmm. one is worse and do I have enough and all that. So let me ask you guys something. And I don't mean to change the subject, but right. we're still on topic. So my husband, Scott, sends me an email right before we went to bed. He was online, like reading something about the coronavirus, or whatever. <clears throat> and he sends me this email about, you know, what's going on in Italy. And, you know, they're shutting down this and shutting down that. And another country is shutting down this, the airport, Spain, about, yeah. you know, all these things. And so, um, um, and I was like, and of course he's like, maybe, and then at the bottom he's like, so I'm thinking maybe we should before, oh, they were talking about, he said something like Trump might announce that, you know, he might shut down California, you know, for some reason. And I said, because I think there's like 50 people now who are, you know, getting the virus, whatever, and something. So I said, so I said, wait a minute. So the, do they usually give you like, hey, you guys got three days? And they shut down, like where you can't get out of the state or something. They never done that before, so no one knows. Yeah, yeah. So, so he was like, "Well, maybe we should just go ahead and go to Scottsdale to my brother's house because he lives like kind of in the desert in the beautiful neighborhood, and it's much more secluded." His and he has guns, and like he was playing this whole thing, and I was like, "Eh." That. And I said to him, "I said, and let me, I'm bringing this up to you because I wanted to talk to you guys about this." Sure. Because it was. We were having this intense conversation last night, and I said, I said, babe, um, as a black man, I already live my life where I'm kind of looking over my shoulder. You don't even know it, but we do. We can't help it. You know what I mean? Here's something that you're going to find ironic. Mm -hmm. I won't even wear a hoodie. Ain't well, that sad? As soon as you said Ain't that, that sad? I understand why. You feel me? Completely. I got some badass hoodies. I will not of fucking course. put them on just because. Of course. So anyway... Um, so I was explaining to him, I said, so now what you're telling me is with this coronavirus, I got to walk around and be even more, you know, in my head about something. Right. right? That's I why, said, see, that's why you just need a gun and you'd be good. Because <laughs> 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 you can shoot the coronavirus, right? You can shoot, well, you can shoot you know, people act crazy. You'll feel so people, secure. People act crazy. Exactly. People act crazy in a damn supermarket, but keep going. Whoa. And, and so, so where I was going with all this is, and I was telling him, I was like, babe, I don't. I'm like somebody posted on uh, my friend David Merritt posted up posted on <clears throat> on um, Facebook the other day. Like, so is anybody still going to the gym? I was like, of course I'm going to the gym. You know me, I'm going to the fucking gym. Right. And I was like, I wipe this shit down before I start. I finish it. I bacteria, you know, sanitize my shit. I wipe it back down again for whoever's coming up on, right. and I go about my business. Like, I'm gonna keep living my life. I think also <clears throat> that stillness is helpful in times of great uncertainty. Mm -hmm. Like, I wouldn't be comfortable moving around, going here and there, and and I know, you know, Scott's intentions, of course, sure. are the best, but I think movement and having to interact, like we've seen all these people in the airport 
you know, then like I think O'Hare, right. it's been all over the news <laughs> and lines for six hours because everybody now has to get virus checked. Right. And so if you can be still literally and figuratively when you're faced with the unknown, that's helpful because you need that clarity. Right. And, you know, barring a real emergency, like when it's time to go and you really need to make moves, mm -hmm. it's going to be pretty clear. Like you're not going to have to wonder whether or not it's the right, right thing to do. Mm -hmm. So I like your point about going on with normal life. Now, if there's 100 people in the gym, maybe it's a different situation. Well, it's not well, as much as, it, as it's been. Actually, right. I haven't been since Thursday. Right. I chose to just work out here and right. having I'm just being creative. Right. You know what I mean? And so so I did slightly change the thought. It's only because it seemed like it was getting right. worse. Right. And right. everybody's everybody's Everyone anxiety. People are people people's anxiety is, yeah, is, 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 is raising. So I'm here. It's like there's like nobody here on the lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so and so I think I saw a bunch of people shooting a movie over that. I couldn't tell. Like they were doing something. Um anyway, so so it's it's causing me to change my my schedule, my structure, and I'm very structured. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not causing me not to get my work done. I think so that's to speak. smart. You know what I mean? Like I was here yesterday from like ten in the morning until like five o'clock, and every half hour my alarm goes off. I work out for about ten fifteen minutes, and then I'd go back to work again. Mm -hmm. And 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 that was after my call with Pamela. I was like, okay, yeah. I'm I'm back again. <laughs> you know what I mean? For sure. So yeah, yeah. Sure. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing. Yeah, we don't know. And to Chris's point before, his friend, you was mentioning his friend was staying somewhere and CNN was on in the background and you're right. getting all of this um, kind of fear-based reporting. There's still a lot of uncertainty. Like we we, we don't really know for sure. The, right. It feels to me like a great deal of overreaction. Mm -hmm. I think all that um, needs to happen, this is all that needs to happen. And you know, when you're in a big, when you live in a big city and there's a big population, that's kind of, I think, par for the course. Right. But there's really, like we don't know when it the, the number is going to peak of actual cases, people have been impacted. There is a website, if y'all care, if you want to really be geeks about the virus <laughs> um worldometer.com just like it sounds worldometer.com mm. um it's a population tracker it has the disease broken down by sector by country this is incubation be, period see this, this this is this is i was telling my brother alex this the other night mm -hmm. i said you know what's funny we ain't heard no one about it there's been any cases in africa <laughs> But you know why? Sure haven't. Because it's hot or what? No, because they had to deal with fucking like malaria mm -hmm. and like dengue fever and Ebola and shit. Right. Mm -hmm. They're probably laughing at this shit. They're going, these <laughs> motherfuckers, <laughs> these weak Western people, they're brittle as shit. They're afraid of this bullshit. We mm -hmm. have to deal with, because the thing about malaria is the mosquitoes carry it. Yeah. Right. So you get bit at any fucking time. You can't yeah. really stop that. Yeah. You can't, no yeah. hand sanitizer on your ass. You don't even feel them they on feel. you. feel Next yeah. thing you know, you got, you're sick. Right. You know, you might get ringworm from the, I mean, all sorts of bullshit going mm -hmm. on. They're, they're, they're like, you know what? This is nothing. Right. It's something for us because we. There's, there's two reasons why there's a problem. I, like I think here. One, the last 15 years, we've been using uh, when it, people get the common cold. Mm -hmm. 
I need the antibiotics. I need the antibiotics. So most people's immune systems are compromised in general because of because of like how they've been living, and the stress level and. Well, we're we the country who have access to yeah. those things. A lot of those other countries it's, don't have access. Yeah, to. you know they don't. Yeah. So therefore, they have a different. Their, their immune system is probably stronger. Yeah. I'm saying right now, if you have to worry about. The, the coronavirus or Ebola mm-hmm. I'm gonna the coronavirus every fucking day because I can survive that that's right it's, the mortality rate on that is what like it's 2% maybe yeah. it's 100% not, it's not quite 2 but it's, it's low it's below but unless it's, you're unless you're sick or some or old motherfuckers or like that you go fucking bad but, if, but Ebola I think it's 100% right and you blow your ass and your nose and your lips and your eye. No, 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 no. no. Well, one, so, one other thing for the... So, it's just put it in perspective. <laughs> Something else for the for the writers listening and everybody's writer focused. <clears throat> may sound obvious, but I'll say it anyway. It's a really good time since everybody's home and you may be home for an experienced uh, period of time. It's a great time to just... Look at your favorite show, movie, script, anything you haven't seen in a long time that's good. Like Fight Club is on cable. I saw that. Like I just, I just noticed. It <laughs> you know, look, look, someone was telling but me this is day. a really because so, it, it yeah, will rejuvenate just, you look, the way Hilliard was talking about. Um, yeah. No, no better time to do that than now. Plus, take your mind off things. Yeah, and, that, and that's what I got out of it. I was, I was, I was stressing over. I have like three or four different pitches of Chris. Back up just a little. Oh yeah, yeah. Of of bio projects that I'm working on. A book I'm reading. You know, the Emmett Till project. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like crazy. And so I'm like, my head is like everywhere. That's why people always like, how do you work out like every thirty minutes and whatever? I was like, because I I gotta move to the next thing I'm working on because if I just stay on that one thing like I was reading the book yesterday and they're you know talking about the um, you know they're in the Indian territory you know when when they first give everybody the rights to to just go and claim land and they're putting their stakes in whatever and and the white people are like no you can't even move here (laughs) you know what I mean Mm -hmm. it's like all this shit I'm dealing with like the emotions of how they treated us like constantly in my face when I read this stuff and I forget it sometimes because I feel like I'm just you know, research it. Mm-hmm. But then there's times when it really affects my mood mm-hmm. and I feel angry about mm-hmm. something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yesterday I was literally annoyed and frustrated, whatever. So I I must have worked out every 20 minutes or something. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I couldn't, I had to keep switching. You well, know well people who <clears throat> don't know better, you're also maximizing your attention span. Right. And people aren't going to be able to see this, but when it, it hits its peak over a short period of time, like, because you could work that whole time and then by the later hours it's sort of gone down right. but you peak and then you stop and exercise it may go down while you're doing that but then you peak again so you your productivity is at a higher level right. looking at the entire day than if you didn't but, give but, yourself those but for breaks. me i peak every 30 45 minutes well that's why it's a good so thing I it's a good to, thing to do yeah so i'm like wait okay let me that's the thing too you know like who's the guy um Jeff and Paul, talk, uh, they're showing a friend, uh, John Rogers. John right. Rogers is always saying that, like, when he runs his room, mm-hmm. he, he runs you for 45 minutes and then he gives you a 15 minute break. Mm-hmm. And then you back on because it's, it's like that peak productivity. It's peak and it's like, hey, let, hey let's just this, this downshift for a coast for a few minutes, 15 minutes, whatever, and then come back and you're back revved. I mean, it's like, you know, 
there's there's something there's something there's diminishing returns to staying <clears throat> to attempting to stay focused for without some break. Everybody's attention span wanes over long periods of time. Like that's a human yeah. thing. Right. Yeah. And especially now, like we got media on the phones, there's all kinds of distractions. It, it's literally in your face all of the time. For sure. So it might take a little <laughs> bit more focus than you're used to well, the, to kind of stay on track. The, 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 good, the best thing that I got out of this was that Pamela was saying, now let's just assume this is going to go on for at least a month. Let's just assume. Right. So, all that anxiety about trying to finish something right now is like, chill for a second. You know what I mean? Slow down. Yeah. You know, like she was like, hey, come over. Let's let's watch the fights. Like, you know what I mean? Let's let's just take this moment to do the thing because all we do is work seven days a week. So let's you do your little work and then let's come and let's watch the fight. Let's do something to loosen up. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. It's, not, it's not like a big crowd of people. You know what I mean? It's just the two or three of us, whatever. Yeah. And so so it was like like this whole thing. Like people, Some people are going to be wondering, like, why in the hell we're doing this podcast today, you know, with the four of us here in this room. <clears throat> and I'm like, like I said, I'm personally going to live my life. If you guys chose not to come, I would understand. But here's you know I mean? my thing. You know... Again, the 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 coronavirus is not it's not a lethal uh, problem. It, it actually could be lethal for me because of my heart. Yeah, okay, you know it, I mean? it, it but. could be, but 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 it, <clears throat> again, it's like look. I, I mean, even if they say that there's two three percent of the people, or but it can be lethal for right. That's what it is. That's still not a hot. I mean, it, like, you know, the regular flu is lethal. Right. You know, like, like yeah, thousands of people die, die every year. Every year. Right. Motherfuckers just don't know because they haven't like fanned the flames of it. Right. About what it is, and you know, I mean that. I mean, the fucking SARS thing was 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 lethal, and the MERS was lethal, but it's a small percentage, and I think that people are just going crazy because I think that like our country is on such. Um, Lisa's about to walk. Yeah, up it's it, it, like there's so much, uh, 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 so much like negative energy just coursing through the country in general mm-hmm. because of Trump's bitch ass. Then it's just <laughs> like you know, just something kind of kicks. It. And here's the thing too: he's handled it so poorly. Mm-hmm. If he handled it with just with 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 uh, with, the, with with not caring yeah. about, has not helped. Yeah, it has not at all. I mean, that's, remember the shit he did on Friday where he said, oh, well, fucking Google's going to hook us up. And the Google was like, what the fuck are you talking about? You didn't even talk to us that you were going to lie about us in public. You should at least tell us you were going to lie. That's true. Ahead of time. And then we could have backed your lie. But now we ain't backing your lie, motherfucker. Because, not, because, because now it's, because you're a bitch. And um, it's just like, you know, that just at, because they, you know, because if you recall, if you, I mean, if look, the other night, you know, when he's speaking, whatever the... um. We, I, I, he gave some speech, and I think oh, right. I think it was Wednesday night. Wednesday night, he gave a speech. Was that Friday morning? Well, there was Friday the morning. Press conference. The press conference was Friday, but there's, oh. there's time when he spoke from the Oval <laughs> Office. I think right. it was on on Wednesday night. I was watching the Dow futures, right? The Dow futures, you know, which is which is saying what's going to happen next morning. Yeah. It was like going okay, okay, until he started talking and it just started tanking really? because he's such a so much like, outright lies. I'm like, oh, this motherfucker's fucking lying <laughs> yeah. so badly. They were like, oh, he's fucking up everything. He's just fucking up everything, yeah. you know. And and I mean, to me, it's like you know what? His presidency's over because all his real 
claim to fame was why you should elect me is the economy I, is the economy and a good stock market right. and the stock market gains have all been wiped out in, in, in three weeks and the economy is gonna be fucked oh, he's just gonna blame uh, it on the coronavirus yeah. not not that he did anything no doubt and i don't want to <clears throat> spend too much time right, right, on the right. president but I, as a as a finance guy i will tell you um more than likely economic growth in this country and around the world had been growing for so long. Um, it's called a bull market, as many of you know. Mm -hmm. um, and because it's all so cyclical, it was bound to slow down to some degree anyway. Mm -hmm. So the Heck virus yeah. and all of this stuff has just kind of compounded that and made it extreme. Lisa Bolakaz is walking in. Look who just walked in. <laughs> I'm in the same room. I don't know what to say. So we'll we'll get into it. So I ain't seen I ain't seen my homie in forever. So where's Carl Seaton these days? But also also remember sometimes the world just changes. Like I can I was in New York when 9/11 hit and the planes hit the buildings and you couldn't believe it. It was surreal. It was an unbelievable thing. I don't think this is that, but there are events that impact the whole world sometimes. And again, that's what we're talking. About. Nothing you can really do about it. So the anxiety and the worry is is understandable, but for the moment it's best to put that aside. <clears throat> and focus on what you can do. And that's if that's true. doing a little work at home or oh. cleaning up, you, taking you, a walk, no, then no, start with that. You had mentioned a few minutes ago. Hey, Lisa. We should take some time. I'm going to bring something some, some, that Lisa would like. Um, you were saying, you know, we should watch some shows. You haven't watched some of you like that. There's a show on Netflix called The Kingdom. Have you seen the show oh, yeah, called yeah, The Kingdom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 Asian, the Korean show. Have yeah, you seen yeah, yeah. it? It's, it's awesome. It's a, it's a zombie show or something. I love it. I it, love it. it. But it like this? ancient Korea. Yeah, yeah. it's like set in the, so good. in the Middle Ages. And I was like, so oh, good. what is this love shit? It. I love it. I started watching it last night because I was like, ah. Any, any, any Korean anything mm -hmm. is good. It's so good. I started watching it and I was like, I saw, first I was like, is this a monster movie? In the beginning I was like, but then that's... That, and it's beautiful. But then that moment oh happened... God. You know, at, at, at you know at the at the hospital, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I know this is now. Right. It's good. It's real good. So I'm just giving people. It's awesome. Some more shit to watch. It's awesome. So up, you guys are talking about how to write in crisis. Yes. State mm -hmm. creativity. Yes. What uh, you, what you for, say? First of all, introverts unite. <laughs> <laughs> we shall not rise at dawn. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just thinking about this because. Uh, you know, talk to my family. Of course, a lot of you know, part of my, my dad and my siblings and stuff are all over in Italy. You know, Italy's on lockdown and they out right. there singing on balconies. Yeah, so I know my brother's probably out there. Kiko, Kiko's probably got his guitar out there and right. singing with the band. But, wow. you know, they're still living their life and doing their thing. And for me, it's just been... Well, just so everybody knows, like literally on Friday, basically all the schools pretty much shut down. And so basically we had to fire everybody at my job. You had to fire them? Yeah, they're done. We're done for the season. Ouch. So we're all unemployed. Oh. Wow. Yes. Ouch. So basically we, you know, everybody's like, all right. So that's why I'm a How little bit How long do you late. usually go to? Uh, we usually go to May. Yeah, that's a... Yeah. Hey. So basically they're like, yeah, that's it. So literally I'm just coming from the mountains because we had to pack everything up. That normally takes us a week. 
in two days. So literally, I was dropping off some like electronics and stuff because I didn't want to drive around LA with a bunch of stuff in my mm-hmm. car. So, so yeah, basically, it was just cleaning it up. And as I was driving down, I was thinking, damn, you know, what, what, what is I going to do? <laughs> but the creative side of me was like, well, bitch, you know, you've been complaining the whole time talking about, I wish I had some time to do some writing. I'm just, Love. now you got it. So I have now. to look at it yeah. as uh, as an opportunity right. and not a crisis. Yeah. And sometimes a crisis can be an opportunity for a lot of people. Exactly. And also the fact that is I'm I'm one of those Generation X people. Mm-hmm. So first of all, shout out to all the latchkey kids who were left at home for like 10, 12 hours a day. Hello. Eat, eating Love. nothing but cornflakes and living off of like Love. top ramen and top ramen Fried seasoning. Bologna. See, thank you. And make sure you got to cut the slices in the bologna yes. so it doesn't bubble up. <laughs> so if you want that flat meat, you got to. Listen, <laughs> listen. Knowing how to fast, looking at it as like, well, we might not have no money for some okay, food, look. but turn it as in, you know what, we fasting look, right now. Didn't have no syrup, use that Cairo syrup. Listen. Shit. Come listen, on, listen, and have to add your own maple coloring to get it to even look like some stuff. So I'm the generation which is like, well, this is like everybody else living how we was living. Right. And so I don't see it as like this big judgmental thing, only because now it's because it's a pandemic. Mm-hmm. But shout out to all the people who grew up on horror. Mm. And uh, as I tweeted out the other day, uh, yeah, we got a lot of shit wrong in science fiction and fantasy. Uh, we thought food and medicine was going to be the things that uh, people would take, but apparently toilet paper and hand sanitizer. <laughs> so shout out to all the people who gonna die with with plenty of toilet paper and sanitizer and forgot to get food <laughs> and medicine yeah, while you were hoarding yeah, stuff. It was funny because like because like because I, I was in the pavilions the other day. This is on Wednesday night before it even got crazy. Did it get crazy? I missed no, it all. I've been, been crazy since. Yeah, okay. Last all, weekend. Okay. All, all day okay. yesterday. No, no, because for me, I was going to my, you know, because like, because I go to the produce thing every morning to get something, right? It was fine. Until, right, it was right. fine until motherfucker Tom Hanks said that yeah, he was sick. Oh, and then, and then it that was Thursday. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Wednesday night. Hmm, third Wednesday, third yeah. And then mm-hmm. I went to the, to the store at that point, and then it was like, you know, this, the aisle with the hand sanitizer and the, it, like, looked like there was never anything there. Exactly. Like, there, there looked nothing ever yeah. been there ever. We never even seen the shelves before. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> never, never, never clean ever. Right you know, exactly. looking at the back of the wall. And the yeah. s- same thing with the damn, with the damn toilet paper thing. But there's food still. I was like, motherfuckers, you know, food. Because mm. if you don't eat, are you gonna wipe your ass if you don't eat? No, food is sort of important. Nothing. But so, I think, but I but, think, but, 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 the capitalism but, played a lot but, yeah. into that. But here's one thing I said to I said to the woman at the grocery store that I said I said y'all need to take photographs of what is still left on the shelves because hmm. that shit that no one wants to buy ever. Even in the damn bad times, you know the shit that there's some shit that's yeah, cleaned it, out. It, if it don't move it don't in move, these it, times, it's not moving ever. It's not moving that's ever. True. But so, I'm hearing that wait, somebody if it doesn't move during a pandemic. Maybe y'all need to stop buying that shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was talking. We were talking with my brother-in-law there in Scottsdale. He said he went to Costco at like 11, and there was like nothing in like whatever segment he was looking for. He went to the manager. He's like, "What's going on?" He's like, "Oh, you have to get here by 10." He's like, we drop this stuff off at eight, and by ten, it's gone. It's real. And he's like, what? He's like, yeah, we we brought in a truckload oh, of shit, shit, and people were waiting, and it's gone. <laughs> they were waiting. See that long ass line? They yeah. were waiting for that shit. See, they got all that shit. The <laughs> lines here right in L.A. And I know y'all already everything, know everything. But just because it happened the Friday night, we we're at Sam's Club, mm-hmm. no line, and it's not good to go at night in general. But you, walking in the door, they're like. 
No water, no milk, no eggs, wow. no toilet paper. No water, no milk, no eggs, really? no toilet paper. Just on, on replay. Okay. <laughs> Friday night. So Just looping it. Now, yesterday, it's it was a Saturday morning, and I'm in Inglewood. I'm close to Century Boulevard. A lot of stores there. So Staples is nothing. Home Depot has nothing. Just speaking of toilet paper now. Wow. Staples, Home Depot, Walgreens. The Costco line was insane. There's a little supermarket called Aldi. Mm -hmm. I stood in line for an hour just to get in there. The manager said, well, we have plenty of plenty. And they still had like different food items. They had bottled water. Mm -hmm. Because you're standing in line to get in the store and you see people leaving with cases of stuff. You're afraid it's all going to be gone by the time they get in there. So they they had some cases of bottled water. Went quickly. No toilet paper. Wow. Um, I went to like two or three CVS, and occasionally they'll say, "Well, you know, we'll get a we'll get a shipment on Monday or Tuesday mm-hmm. or tomorrow." Um, but that uncertainty, and even if it is an overreaction, like people see other people responding that way, and it kind of self perpetuates. So again, I'm good for stillness. You come up with some kind of game plan if you got to check these different places in the morning, but all of your anxiety is not going to make anything somebody, better. Somebody was saying, oh, was, my brother-in-law was saying he saw on, you know they have that Facebook thing where you buy stuff? I forget what they call that. There's a little... There's a little... Mar- Facebook marketplace? It's like something like that where people are like selling things. Oh, yeah, the marketplace. The marketplace <clears> and yeah. somebody was selling like toilet paper for like $26 and shit. I'm like, that should be illegal. No, that's, no, that's capitalism. I, I, I will be, I will be selling organic toilet paper, <laughs> known as spinach, spinach leaves, <laughs> lettuce, iceberg lettuce. Because apparently y'all ain't buying that. But is the, is the liquor okay though? Because usually okay. in the movies I've seen, the times of of strife and struggle, <laughs> liquor seems all right. You gotta have some rum or something alcoholic because you know you might get cut, and then you might need to get drunk. It after may not that. be your first choice, and then you, yeah. But you can get. You can I still get liquor. You can still get the hard liquor. stuff. I is saw Bevmo a lot of liquor at the place. It was. <laughs> I saw a lot of liquor. I saw. I saw, and I was like, "Well, I guess motherfuckers aren't trying to calm themselves down." Mm. But um, <laughs> that's what we were like. Well, see, what is you it, doing with all that water? Is, 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 you need is, is, some is, liquor and some but beer. Again, this goes back to my. Th- it's capitalist. I'm telling you, but, they're but, thinking but, they're going to sell it. But this goes back to my thing I was saying earlier. It's like the the why do people in Africa are laughing at us because. You know, we there's all these movies we see how fast you know always that little that little little the explosion of how fast the things and it's like okay, but what happens if it's a slow rollout? Because we're in a slow rollout. It's Mm -hmm. not like when you know in in the movies slow rollout. In in, in the movies, in the movies, you got two hours. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) you got two hours. You got got a fucking week in the whole planet. Five minutes in, the guy's in the hazmat team is right there. The whole the whole plan's fucked up, and it's like it's a slow rollout. And it's not even deadly, you know. So hmm. I mean, it, I mean, it's not deadly. It, it, it can kill you, but a, a lot of things can kill. A lot of things that will that are more dangerous can kill you are always around. Mm-hmm. See, the thing that people, I'm a, I'm a, a friend of mine was telling me in Italy, you don't even want to go to the, to the hospitals. He's like, because what what people don't realize is that's like they hear too is you're liable to catch another bug in a hospital. Hmm. You know that that is actually dangerous. So when you, you say know. that, it's saying. The hospitals aren't very clean either. <laughs> that's what I'm hearing. No, it, well, that's but, where the sickness is. Yeah, but just, I mean, yeah, no, but, but they can but, clean as much as they want. But yeah, but, but, that's but, where it but, goes. but you know, what it's like the, the still thing, in the air. But right? the, I'm the, the you. thing about hospitals is uh, you can get a fucking staph infection, mm-hmm. 
off the rip just by being there, which yep. is almost impossible to get right. in your in your regular life, mm-hmm. you know. So there's just the, the people are tripping, you know, unnecessarily. I, I tell you, it's all because of the media and Trump's bitch ass. This is all that it is. This is all that it is. And if he handled it properly, you know, because like the the people in China didn't handle it sweetly. Right. The people the people in Korea handled it really sweetly, and 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 yeah. the people Japan in Korea, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a fast spike up, and you know. I mean, like you know, and, and it wasn't that many people, and, and now they're getting less and less and less and less because they're like, you know, what we this this we're gonna handle it, mm-hmm. but they won't handle it that way here because you know, t- there's too many white people who fucking claim you're making this not freedom anymore. We're gonna get no more, you know, they become that no freedom shit. My motherfucking no, go down and just you know, and you know what? Then you need to get it and die. You need to get well, it basically you and your kids <laughs> because you're fucking up so bad. Those of you taking those pictures of you at we at the Red Robin and yeah. we're out here with all these people and we're still yeah. living our life yeah. and take a snapshot <laughs> <laughs> that will be in the in memoriam exactly. next year. Yeah. We're at the buffet eating <laughs> with everybody. Okay. Right? No. It's like mm. I just, it's just you know I I, mm. I don't know I don't, mm. I'm 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 kind of upset that a bunch of I mean not upset but it's just weird it's like um. I mean, like, people are like they're 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 shutting things down like this is the black plague, mm-hmm. like that you know because you know I remember I remember reading some accounts of the of those plagues <laughs> in the Europe and stuff like that. The funny thing about those is is that like once your village was like considered cool, no one could come into your village. Hmm. If, you, if if you came into the village and you were someone new like a traveler, they they might kill you. To keep you from coming in the village because they, they don't know. Masks to keep the germs out. Yeah, so keep, them bird yeah, beaks. Yeah, people, and they just peck you to death when yeah, you come in. Because, I have come to get dang, 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 dang. No, you're not getting here. Because they don't know about you. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's, you know, I mean, but there are people behaving that way. And I'm not just saying people are going to get sick. People are going to get sick. And the thing is, is that, this, oh, this is what I was going to say earlier. All that really needs to happen, this is all that really needs to happen, and, and we'll be straight. Tom Hanks just needs to, just, just to survive it. Tom Hanks survives it. Then, right. then, then, well, then everyone's gonna be like, "Oh shit, mm-hmm. he survived AIDS in the movies, mm-hmm. and now he's gonna survive <laughs> this in real life." We're good. We're good. Uh-oh. We're good. Then we gotta hang for two weeks because <laughs> you, know? you know he has the best medical care available, of course. right? Uh, in Australia, so yeah, him and Rita. His so, wife, so two weeks. Hang. If he's fine, then we're, we're all fine. So, so <clears throat> Tom Hanks kicks the bucket. Well. Well, you know what's funny? My friend was telling me last night. She was like, um, you, "You know that show called The Last Man on Earth?" You know the show. Yeah, yeah. It starts off, and the first person to die in that is Tom Hanks of that disease. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I so said wrong. that's ironic as shit. That's so wrong. It's so wrong. That's but so they were like, wrong. "Oh, he's gonna die." But so it's yeah. So if he dies, that's well, wrong. then you don't know what's gonna happen. But if he's, mm. he's so. Lisa, mm-hmm. we got you here. It's been mm-hmm. a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> um, this is episode 300. And that's what you tell me. Yeah. It's crazy that we've gotten to this far. And I was just thinking about, I was changing the subject, about like how we started this whole thing, like how it all got to, <clears throat> even to this place. And um, Chris and I, I, I wonder how much has ever happened to you. We'll, we'll be at the Writers Guild or at an event or something, and I'll say something and somebody will turn and be like, you sound really familiar, <laughs> you know. What do you? The, I know your the voice. Quiet, the quiet storm. Yeah, voice. you know what I mean. And it's because um, I know you've gotten it a couple of times too. And 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 so it's been fascinating that. But one one of the things that I wanted to say was, I was talking with Pamela about this the other day that doing this show for all these years has helped me in so many ways in my life, 
and in my career in the sense that because we've interviewed, you know, so many showrunners and just, you know, writers or, you know, people that we admire, <clears throat> I've got to moderate panels. like all it, I'm not afraid of anybody. You know what I mean? I walk into any situation and I'm not nervous about it, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm, I don't even have need to have studied, like a lot of the panels that I do, um, like say if I moderate something at the Writers Guild um, for a screening, I mean, I might look at the bio of the writer, mm-hmm. but that's pretty, and then I watch the movie live like everybody else does. Mm-hmm. And I just talk, you know, and, and I feel confident in that because of this. You know, like even the way we do our show, we never really have too much planned. You might have a premise, mm-hmm. you know, but we just talk live like as if we're in the right. Yeah, and every time you talk about like how it got started and literally people, he had to take me to <laughs> get some food to convince me because you know me, it's food, <clears throat> some good liquor, mm-hmm. good snacks. But we had waffles, pancakes. And some good music and just give me 10 minutes and then I can dip in and out. Yeah. But what, what was the place we go to? Did we go to CJ's? Where yeah, it was CJ's. Because yeah. I was like, let's go to what you call it. He's like, let's try that. We're going to get some chicken and waffles and, you know, but let's go to CJ's. I'm like, yeah. okay, let's go to CJ's. CJ's, CJ's on Pico. That's yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a spot. That's a spot. And so we went. Yeah. We got to go. You got to go. When the fresh squeeze, fresh squeeze, orange juice and everything. And literally, he's like, I want to talk to you about something. I'm like, all right, is there food involved? And he's like, yes, me, and I remember driving up, getting to CJ's, mm-hmm. and sitting there and getting my little turkey sausage and mm-hmm. eating my waffle. And he's like, "Look, and if we, you don't want to do CJ's, I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, go ahead. you can do Bloom Cafe, oh, which is not far. That, but that's a whole other. That's a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. I'm <laughs> do you, you want to tell them though? Because then it's like you start giving away the good spots, <laughs> and then people start going there, and then you, you can't get no, in. <laughs> no more, no more jewels for me for free. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, 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 but I think you make a good point about. You know, my, my friend was telling me, our friend Steve Agatorian, he, he was telling me the other day, he was like, you just don't have a problem with networking with anybody. Mm-hmm. You just know you have such a strong networking game. And I was like, do I? And I was like, I, I, was like, I guess I do. Because I do, you know, it's like, because I, I do go meet anybody right. now. You know, I, I don't feel, I think that's the thing that hurts a lot of people is that they feel that, uh, these upper level writers or successful writers, well, they're, they're different. Ju- to jump on that, since we've been doing this, I'm meeting so many different levels of writers. Right. One of the things that was very comforting to learn over the years is the people who are at the top of their game that are doing things that you're like, oh, they're they are just as vulnerable. Correct. Mm-hmm. They are just as full of doubt. Yep. Yeah. They are just as, damn it, I got to get these pages in. Mm-hmm. I'm having, they go through the same things and it's comforting right. because, and it makes you realize that they started off someplace too and they kind of worked <clears> their way up and they still have to deal with those yeah. things. That's exactly what I was thinking is that you, you realize it never stops. Even just, even if you're at that place, mm-hmm. you, it still never stops. So you're still trying to make sure that you, there's somewhere within your vicinity that you're trying to make sure that it works. And whether it's the, the the project you're on now, the next project you're doing, something's wrong with the actors, something in production, there's still something, there's always still something that's in the way, something that's bothering mm-hmm. you, something that you have to get over. And we all look at it from the outside and we think, oh, they have the life we want them to right, live. Right. You know, and I said, I go to my mentor's house and he's like, shit, I can't even fucking get a, a movie done. I'm like, you? <laughs> so, and you got all this stuff and exactly. this, this resume. You know I mean? and, and so, and so, and so, but if it was TV, mm-hmm. it'd be a, it'd be a no brainer. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean? So it's like, we all still want something else. Right. No matter yeah, what. Yeah, it's funny because right. you, you mentioned that because I remember, I remember, I remember, um, David Chase. I saw this movie mm-hmm. that David Chase directed uh, Sopranos had just ended, and he's like, "I'm gonna do a movie." And he did a movie, 
and it was like, and he was saying at the Q and A, he was like, it was so hard to get this made. Hmm. So it did not matter what I had done in television. Coming off one of the hottest shows, all this right. kind of shit. Wow. The, it, and and it, it, now, granted, he wanted to do a period piece. <laughs> it was like set in the '60s about children who were like teenagers trying to get in, like trying to get into the music scene as teenagers in the early '60s. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "That's our fucking movie to get made for anybody." Mm-hmm. You just thought that you could do it because you had juice coming from one thing. Well, it's also his you passion. Know, it's project. his passion. Yeah. It was his passion project <clears throat> right. too. And I was like, "That's you know what? The passion project is hard to do, no matter no matter who you right. are, who right. you fucking sure. are. It'll be hard to do." Right. And I think he only got it made because he had to convince Gandolfini to come play a small role in the movie. Oh yeah, that was a movie. you know, yeah, 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 and yeah. it was like, and Gandolfini was like, "Is a role too small for Gandolfini, really?" But he's like. Motherfucker, you owe me. Was he nominated for that one? Oh, Keanu Feeney? I I don't I, I don't remember. I remember there was one movie that he did where he got, but it wasn't a big role or something. For something it, it might have been this movie, but mm-hmm. but it was a small it was a small role. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was one of those, you know it was a movie about kids trying to make it, and you had to have like that mentor type figure, and they got him to do it, and it was like, but but Gandolfini still was not a movie star, mm-hmm. and he was saying he was like that's just you too. It's like I got someone who who they would now listen to me, right. take me seriously because I got someone who's big. But he still wasn't like if I had Tom Hanks come some hey I'm gonna do right. my movie, you know. So it was just like you know those like the battles that everybody fights, everybody fights those battles. You know, I remember what's his name like, uh, Javi was saying on some email or some tweet thing. He said you know. He said he's been at this for 25 years. Mm-hmm. He said he said no no he sold he said he he sold pilots for 25 years. Mm. He said nothing got on the air. He said like three then went to pilot, you know. But his, he he was like but most of work you do is going to be failure, yeah. you know. And that's someone who's arguably super successful, yeah. you know. Can I just jump in? I was just thinking of something as you guys were talking and we we're talking about writing in crisis and trying to be you know, creative and all that stuff. And I think about the best movies that I've loved, they were made under duress and crisis for the person. Like, for example, with, um, I'm thinking, of course, my all-time favorite, Coppola film, Godfather, where so much shit was going, where that movie should never have happened. He was going through so much stuff and just wanted to give up, but it was just something in him that just wanted just to tell the story and Mm -hmm. to keep it going. I think about all the other movies that, I really enjoyed, and you hear the backstory of what they went through and how it almost didn't happen, but they just persevered and they just kept yeah. pushing. Well, the, Rocky the, is another yes. one. Of those. Rocky's a story, yes. but there's, you know, there's a story about um, we don't want you to star in it. We'll we'll buy it from you, and he's like, I want to play this role. Yeah, and they well, there's a story about there's a bit. It's a story I heard recently about Steven Spielberg when he was doing uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Hmm. No one in town wanted to do that movie with him as a director. Really? Yeah. Because his last three movies were Jaws, Close Encounters, and uh, and nineteen forty one, right? Uh, and and nineteen forty one, almost. But, 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 but here's the thing: wrong. they all so went, didn't do ET yet, not yet. Yeah, but they'd all done, but they'd all gone over budget. Uh, and they looked at the movie and said, it's "Not no, Stephen. This is." They said, "George, not with Stephen because it's going to go over budget. It's going to be way too much. You think it is?" And the challenge with the challenge that George says, "Stephen, I know you want to do this, but you have to." Stay in budget. You got to stay on the schedule and do under, and do in a budget, or we we're, we're just gonna fall. We can't get it done. So even he, after he's done Jaws and Close Encounters, mm-hmm. huge films, still suffered from motherfucking no. We're not gonna you do it. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, now I'm curious. And this is off the subject. Now I'm curious why somebody like Spielberg is up for a budget. 
Like he hasn't figured out no, this is, some process? This is, this is early. they're not giving early, him enough this, this money? Well, you're, 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 you're no. still learning the ropes. This, and okay, but you okay. got vision. No, but look at this way, right? So it's, it's, it's early in his career. Give me two more days. <laughs> it's early in his career. His first movie he did was on budget, a TV movie. Okay. His, his first theatrical... <laughs> uh, duel, yeah. His, Classic. His first theatrical film... Um, that shit still holds up, was, too. Yeah, it was... Uh, 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 Sugarland Express, mm. which was you know, which, which just yeah, was on budget. But he went like I think two, three months over when he did Jaws, right? Mm. Well, in his defense, they had mechanical issues, listen, right? they had mechanical issues. I, look, that's true, but 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 you know what? No one cares about <laughs> and, that. Shit. And Bruce was not working. That was the name of the shark. Bruce was having some issues, <laughs> and because of those issues, we got the classic film that we got. So, children in crisis. Creative things can right. happen. Crisis, yeah. Right. Things can so, happen. So, 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 the studio yeah. made their money back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they weren't, they were already invested because you got to remember, Jaws the book was a number one bestseller. So they were going to make that the movie. They were gonna they, get they, you gonna fast forward movie. to 1941, the big scale and the war scenes was and that the a airplanes yeah. and all that and yeah. comedy. Yeah. Yeah. You had some big names and it was yeah. a commercial failure. Wow. Yeah. So First that's of all, what's the happening. The line alone, as a child looking at that, I even knew like, ain't nobody gonna see that shit. Ain't nobody and gonna we all say you only as good it. as your last yeah, one. But yeah, so there's that. You know, I mean, I mean, and I know when he did Close Encounters, they went over budget because he was uh, he was developing special effects that had that that, that no one had done yet. Hmm. Like all the stuff with the lighting, <clears> the <throat> stuff like that. I mean, I I want to say that there's stuff they did in that movie when they shouldn't. They had the 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 um the, the the alien ships fly by they didn't that was all developed not even in pre-production they were trying to figure it out when they were shooting you go over you budget know? on a hit on a commercially successful film is one thing mm-hmm. it, uh, 1941 was, was a brick was, yeah so you went over budget <laughs> again <laughs> yeah and it was a brick, brick? yeah no. I'm setting the scene for what Chris yeah, is saying yeah, so yeah, that's yeah, where he was where he was <laughs> yeah they're basically like dude no we're not gonna give you this money and, and, and the thing is it didn't I mean it almost didn't matter that like he he made two huge movies right his last movie was exactly shit, right but and and, and 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 Lucas was like and Lucas had just did Empire he's the next one I wanted was a producer they're still like I don't know if we can give you that money because hmm. you know why you're gonna be out overseas and we can't control you when, ah. you're, when you're overseas mm-hmm. you're gonna be in Tunisia you're gonna be in Africa you're gonna be we can't so there's always those little there's fights. A I mean, there's I mean, a sandstorm. We got to yeah, keep out I mean, here four I mean, more days. I mean, th- those <laughs> things happen. I mean, we, I was talking to someone last night. We were talking about how, um, uh, you know, Fincher went, he fucked up, not on his own thing, but you know, but 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 doing Alien Three, mm-hmm. he didn't get to work for a while. You know, took him. That was a '92, and he didn't do seven until '90. That's the one we don't talk about, right? Yeah, <laughs> that that is part of the the. The lexicon <laughs> of the the trilogies that we shall not speak of, yeah. that we just consider them like Jaws two, three. Right? Listen, Jaws that three, does not exist. Godfather three. Jaws two is kind of wobbly. Yeah, it's a three legged chair. <laughs> it's kind of wobbling, but we, we it's acceptable. Right. It yes. So, but yeah, but 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 he's someone. Alien three. Uh, well, in David Fincher's defense. His vision just did not match up with the product. He need to do another project. Thank God he got no, seven. No, it's, it's keep a, it moving. It's not even that. I mean, I mean, if you read about if you read about what he signed on to do, mm-hmm. and then the way they changed it on him in the middle of it, oh. and then he was like, "I just signed on to do this movie." They're like, "You got to finish it," mm. you know. And he's like, "What am I going to?" And he's too, he was too young in his career to say, I, oh, "Let me walk." Yeah. If you walk, you don't work. Motherfucker, you a quitter. We give you the keys to the kingdom, 
make a movie. Because yeah. who else is fucked up in this way? Like, um, you know, like Josh Trank, right? Josh, we were talking about how Josh Trank, you know, he did Chronicle, mm-hmm. and then he did Fantastic Four, and the movie was shit, but he shit-talked everyone in town, and then it's like, has he worked since? No, because my friend was like, oh, it's just like, um, it's like playing. The Chronicles of Riddick? No, no, the movie called Chronicle. Chronicle. I don't remember that one. Okay, so oh wait, wait, is that the one with was, the two dudes with the film camera or something? It's well, it's yeah, but it's it's the one that it's the one that really made Michael B. Jordan a big movie star. Yes, I got you. Yeah, the that, team, yeah, and they yeah. have the power. The power. Of course, yeah. he died in that, and yeah. then after that, I did not want to follow that that director. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but, but 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 we were saying because this is a guy who. My friend was saying, "Well, you know, oh, that's right." And he was the one that was talking big shit, big shit about about the, then, movie. And the, and the and movie, and the movie tanks. Shit, yeah, you know, and you ain't doing because essentially, what happened is, um, you know, the, the, the studio didn't like the cut mm-hmm. or didn't like, and they took it away from him. And he was like, and he started talking shit. My friend was like saying, "Well, you know what? His problem is this is a white guy." And he and, and he was like, "If you're a white guy in this town, it's like we're all playing Texas Hold'em, mm-hmm. and if and basically, if you're white on." Every deal, you get pocket aces if you're a white guy, hmm. which means that you're just rolling out, like out the rip. And he and he was like, "This is a guy who got pocket aces, still lost his hand, and as opposed to saying, well, 'Well, let's play again,' right. he had to shit on the damn the, the table and punch the dealer out <laughs> at the same time and threw the shit like motherfucker, goddamn, I lost, right. motherfucker, play another hand, okay? Because you yeah. got because you get aces again when you get to play again, so play again, yeah, you want to? That's hilarious. You know? But yeah, I do remember that thing. That that. That's thing. what happens. Like people don't realize if they give you a movie. Because they're giving you a movie, because a studio is giving you a movie. You haven't earned a movie, right? You know, course. like the, the the any film you've earned because mm-hmm. you get to do all kinds of shit. The studio they can just roll out the red cover for you. Mm-hmm. You can't talk shit about anybody. I mean, there's a story about unless your contract ends. <laughs> but no, there's a story about um. Shout out to John Boyega. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. What did they, What did I miss it? What oh, did he was oh no, no, just the fandom talking and talking shit. trash, yeah, and shit. so he he kept it level. Mm-hmm. And then once they were done, and people got, he was just like making fun. He took out all the tweets that people had made comments about him, mm-hmm. and and the fandom about you know Raylo and all that other stuff. And basically, he just turned it back on, and it was hilarious oh, good. and justified. Good. But people got in their feels, and I'm like, when you free, <clears throat> when you free now, yeah. mm-hmm. you away from the mouse well, here. Be yourself. My friend was telling me about how when when Spike Lee. Was at the the DGA at, at for the Q and A after old, after his version of Old Boy, mm-hmm. you know, which was not a good movie. First of all, but but no no, but, I have to say this first. First of all, how dare you try to take a classic Korean film and try to remake it? You leave <laughs> perfection alone. <laughs> when the baby hairs are laid perfectly, Damn. you don't you don't add more grease to it. <laughs> You don't try to do some little drizzle kind of. You don't. You Somehow would, I feel like I've heard this. Before. Yes, you leave it be. Leave but, it be. But here's the thing. So my friend, I don't was, care if you spike. You leave it. No, be. no. But here's the thing. This is the thing that spike. This An is, old boy's part of a trilogy of films. You stop it. Potentially good, not that great. But anyway, listen. Uh, you watch but, your mouth. But but but. <laughs> so he's saying that at the Q and A's, the writer and Spike, and he's saying that the writer and Spike gets up and he's like, not doesn't really want to be there. Hmm. Does he ever really <laughs> and um, and uh, the writers field in all the questions. So a couple, you know, like Spike has to field, and so Spike's so so he his only response to every question is tough fucking business. Wow, really? He was like, that's it. And then you get the sense of 
he didn't have control of the cut, you know, uh, but okay. didn't say anything. Uh. Just said tough fucking business, <clears throat> you know. He's like, cause I, cause, cause he, cause he learned after Malcolm X, mm-hmm. if you shit talk to damn people who give you the keys, you may not get the keys again right, right. for a long time. I love Malcolm X movie. Huh? I love that movie. I know it's a great movie, but you remember he was talking shit about it. <clears throat> What's that? He was talking shit about it. He was talking shit about Warner Brothers. Of course. You know, well, if, so, yeah, if people don't, re- don't don't know, don't remember. Listen, all I need is Denzel like, and Angela. When he did about uh, Malcolm X, happy. he told them, they said, your hard budget's $30, $25 million mm-hmm. you're going to do this movie. He was like, I can't do it unless I do it for 32 mm-hmm. or something like that. And they're like, we're not giving you the extra money. And that's when all the celebrities have to come and, in. And, and, and he went, oh, and, right. and he went, he went over budget. <laughs> he, he had to call yeah, them. Yeah, and they, and they called. But he but he made it a public stink in the media that mm-hmm. Warner Brothers wouldn't give him the extra money to do this movie right, this important story. And then, and the only thing was is that his deal at, War, at Universal that gave him all those early, those first five movies that he did, mm-hmm. that was over. Oh. That it ended, and then when he went to do Malcolm X, that was his first film out of the deal. Mm-hmm. And then they had talked shit about Warner Brothers, and then they were like, "Okay, you can get your money from Oprah and all these people, mm-hmm. stuff like that. You can get the movie made, yeah, fine." And then he's and then he's really in the wilderness again until he does. I mean, he Inside, did, Man. Inside Man. Inside I mean, Man. I mean, he did mm-hmm. some movies. But he's really he in the wilderness. Public, what was it? Was it yeah. 25th he, Hour, kind of? He, he, did, he, he did that, that, and he did like, you know, he did films like Girl 6 and She Hate Me and all this kind of movies. But he was kind of in the wilderness, you know, mm-hmm. because a lot harder at that point once you make it, once you piss them off. So It's hard to <clears throat> really express how much is at stake when you're, when you got the keys, as Chris, when you're making a movie mm-hmm. and the the success of that movie how that impacts you know the future of everyone involved it's hard to mm-hmm. overstate that if you haven't been in that position sure. yeah but yeah because the thing is if you shit talk to people if you, if you shit talk the movie then you're saying that every that that every executive signed off on it you're shit you're you're shit talking to them mm-hmm. that's what you're doing mm-hmm. even if you're not you yeah. know, from the from the top person down, the top person in the studio down, probably just said, "Yeah, okay, go ahead and do the movie." Didn't even read the script. He's being shit talked. Right. He got to deal with that shit in the damn with the board meetings and motherfucker in the paper. I heard that Spike Lee said you were a bitch. What <laughs> you let that black person call you? That's, you know, I mean, no. So you have to be, uh, you have to be smart when you when shit doesn't go your way. So. <laughs> Episode three hundred. <laughs> That's why I love the rant room because we just go off on rants. Um, so this is episode three hundred. So I'm really glad I got all all three of you guys on here. Um, you know, Tracy's our dude. Way from back, way back. Yes. How far are you going way back? back. Way back. Traveling when we used to travel to OBS <laughs> to go to Cheesecake. Exactly. Old days. But this whole show, Chris, and for the audience, came out of the three of us, Ron included. Ron Covington hanging out after out meetings, chit chatting, hanging out after OBS meetings, organization of Black Screenwriters. They still around? I don't know. I think so. Yes, and no. I hear they keep yeah. coming back. So it's, a long, it's a long story. Anyway, um, OBS <clears throat> and um, okay, um, and so we would be outside after the meetings. After one of us would talk, That's right. do a, do would speak, and we'd be like. We kind of held back because we weren't able to say this thing. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. It would be really nice to be in a position where we could talk about right. this thing. And we, uh, all of us sort of grew beyond mm-hmm. a lot of the particular group who were there at the time. Right. Mm-hmm. So we kind of found each other that way. You know, it's interesting too, though. It's interesting you see that you mentioned that you were teaching at this class. I just had a discussion the other day. We were talking about what they don't teach you at UCLA and mm-hmm. UCLA. I mean, you just see in, the, in these screenwriting classes is that... um. They don't teach you how to rewrite material that's not yours. Oh, that's not yours. That's interesting. Be, see, yeah, they see, teach you how to rewrite you, your own shit. You your own stuff. That's but, a really but good point. But the thing is, is that, <clears throat> that so much of the work in town is yeah, over people. That's, that, that's the, particularly yeah. writing screenplays my bread and butter. is right. fucking rewriting shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he and I were talking about, oh, they should have a class where there's like maybe eight people hmm. max. I mean, maybe, that's probably maybe five people. Yeah. And it's like, here's a script. It needs to be rewritten. Mm-hmm. And y'all got to pitch your take on, on the, it. Your take on it. And mm-hmm. the best one how it happens. is the mm-hmm. one that we're going to go and do and, and, and give you the job and you're going to rewrite on. Right. And then it would be kind of like that person has to rewrite the script. And then everyone else in the class has to kind of either like act like an executive or, or give or right. help, help them develop. Help them de- in development, you know? Because that's like what. That's the real world. That's the job, yeah. you know? That's the big that's job. A, that's that's interesting. That reminds me of uh, when uh, when Ava was first doing the Selma script, mm-hmm. and that was like a big deal. It was like, well, you know, rewriting a script and changing a lot of stuff. And I was like, man, I wish I could see like the two different versions of it and have mm-hmm. her just talk about what that process is like when you're taking something and you start changing it around and and then it becomes like this big thing. I'd be really curious to see. So was there already a script? There was a script. There was a script, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And she kind of came in and changed some things <clears throat> for the better, from mm-hmm. what I hear. Well, yeah, yeah because it was I, I th- because that was a movie that I, I want to say Paul Greengrass, you know, who had done like yeah. Captain Phillips and stuff like that mm-hmm. and more movies. He was going to do that movie. And he, he would have he wrote the hell out of that I movie. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but the only thing is that his version was like a $70 million version. And the people, at, the people at Paramount were not going to do this for seventy million. We're going to do it for thirty, and he and he couldn't figure out how to do it for thirty because right. he hadn't done because he hadn't done a small movie in a long time. Mm. Uh, and to me, which I'm is like, a whole another episode. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. To me, to right. me, I'm like motherfucker. <clears throat> you, that's what I was thinking about James. We talking about this real quick, like James Cameron. Like after James Cameron did Titanic, right. he should have done a movie kind of like Panic Room next. Mm. You know, just be like, all that big shit's got to go. Mm-hmm. How do I do this small thing? Right. Can I do the small thing? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Can you, James? You just fucking did the biggest movie in the mm-hmm. world, and, and you and you built a studio to make it mm-hmm. down in Mexico, or even well, even a quiet place, something something you know small I mean? like yeah. that. Because then you can come back and do. Oh, now that the the chains are off, I'm mm-hmm. gonna go do a big movie. Right. I can do a big movie, but um, what were we just talking about before that? Fuck. Ava. Oh, oh, Ava and Paul Greengrass. <clears throat> yeah. So with Ava, so so apparently. They didn't have the rights to his speeches. Dr. King. Yeah, oh, Dr. Right. King's speeches. So she was able to come in there and write in his voice, but not do his speeches. Oh, that's why they didn't sound on the nose or familiar right. to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was like it's like what it's like what he could say, but right. not what was said. Because mm-hmm. all that shit is like copyright yeah, and stuff like that. You know. I love that. That's which that's something I think I'm really good yeah, at. Which, which, yeah, which to me, I think is that you go in there and you're pitching that to the people to mm-hmm. the, and you say, hey, I can get his voice. Right. I can make these, when he talks in the damn church and stuff like that, mm-hmm. That like I'll make that sound and, like him. And it's actually, when Pamela go, and I go out on pitches now, we actually will sometimes perform a scene. 
So we'll we'll set up a scene like there's this cool mm-hmm. scene where the father and son are sitting there doing this blah blah blah, and we'll talk about like then it comes to a thing where this happens. Right. It looks like this, and she'll play the kid and I'll mm-hmm. play the father. Mm-hmm. You know, and it turns into this emotional moment where we're holding each other, right. or whatever. And they're looking at us like, what the fuck? Like people, they don't expect you to pitch like that. Right. Yeah. But we're showing you. There's no way to pitch. It's whatever works the best Wherever, for yeah. you. That's right. You know what I mean? As long as you so, get that story across and you exactly. get to convey what the story is, the essence of it. Correct. Get correct. them excited about it. But yeah, they don't forget. Right. Yeah, because you know, yeah, like, the main thing is it's like, you know, like, that's a great technique because the main thing you do when you're pitching is, is that is that you want to tell the story in a way, like if you were telling someone after you just saw a great movie. Right. And, it, and a lot of times when you talk about a great movie, oh, there's a scene where he did this and he said this and right. she said this, and you and you kind of do it on your own. Mm-hmm. But you had a partner, you can really like you can really make it feel <laughs> bounce off. Right. Yeah. Bounce off of it's yeah. about engaging the audience to so those people in that meeting. Mm-hmm. As writers, we often are concerned with getting the information across, right. but it's the way you express that right. information matters a lot too. Yeah. I think one of the best uh, pitches I saw with OBS was when Robert Townsend came in. You remember? Oh yeah, that was good. And he did the one. I never knew what happened to that series of movies. But he got up there and he started telling us, and then he was like acting out all the parts. Mm-hmm. I think it has something to do with an angel and a devil, and you know, it was real. It was so riveting, mm-hmm. and like literally, I remember was watching him. I was like, "Why is no one making this thing?" Like it was so compelling, and it just drew everybody in. And he was like making eye time. He was working the room mm-hmm. and getting everybody. And it was just like, "Damn, that's put that in a bottle, but, sir." Yeah, but, mm-hmm. but you know why I can see why they didn't get made. Sounds too dramatic for his brand. Mm. You know, because because the one thing he did that was, you know, like like he did the five heartbeats, which was pretty dramatic. But I still think everyone. But it had the comedy and the, had music the comedy and the, music and <clears> like <throat> that. And then when he tried to do that Meteor Man, which is him, which was it tried to be the most dramatic of his work, right. didn't work. Right. And I don't think he made a theatrical film after Meteor Man. I think that movie. Huh. I think that movie killed his career wow. in the in the theater in the movies. Interesting. Uh, I could be wrong, but because you look at Christopher Swiss all saw TV, you know, and and maybe he should be, you know, I, I, I who knows? We were just watching that. We were just watching something the other night from um, my brother was just playing this thing on loop. He just couldn't stop playing. He's laughing so fucking loud uh, from. Uh, the baddie, baddie, baddie thing uh, from fucking uh, <laughs> Hollywood, from Shuffle. Hollywood Shuffle. Uh, <laughs> you know, because he's talking about yeah. voice. And, and, and he was like, bad, half bad. bat, half soul brother <laughs> coming into this. Yeah, it's just like the voice. The voice. How do you know when it's the right part? Does your character die in the part? Uh, no. Then it's a good part. Then it's a good part. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just reminds me, you know, like when we talked about starting the podcast okay. and okay. conversations but that was part of the whole teaching component because when we would have our guest speakers and i remember clearly us sitting back and like man it's like you, you people come in and they tell their story right. you get these beats Pilar, but yeah Jane Grisanti, oh yeah, yeah. and just even other like right, different people <clears throat> and then i remember i used to sit in the back because i was a snack girl i'd bring the <laughs> snacks in and i'd sit in the back and i'd be sitting there like why don't they just tell us like basically like how do you write this scene how do you know like it would be their life story and mm-hmm. like oh and then I'm successful and all right. that yeah and then afterwards They'd be skipping everybody be running over like yeah can I have your autograph and I was like you know what we need and that's when we started mm-hmm. the teaching component of mm-hmm. it it was like can we just maybe a few minutes after the thing we right. just get up and start teaching stuff and it kind of grew from that and then from that I think it just kind of grew out into like longer well, conversations correct. because because I talk about how 
you know, when I did Troublesome, when I did my first movie, mm-hmm. and I talked about like how I produced it and the things that went wrong, right, and the things that went right, right. And here's things that I learned, like how I got a subway train, like how right, blah, blah, right, blah. right. And people are like, "Dude, can you help me produce my mil- my movie?" Right. And I started my company, as you know, Tracy, to do my company, right. to do my work. Right. I made two of my projects, right. I think, out of twenty-eight. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? And so, and so, 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 you and I started doing this thing where she would, and I've said this to you many times, which is why I know you were the per- per- perfect person for me. If you ever you're up there talking about how great Robert is, you too. Absolutely, I was gonna say really seriously for people who aren't you there, are one of the best teachers I've ever seen in my life. Well, let me let me back best it up. instructors and I'm getting emotional, but it's real. No, that's real talk. But let me back you it up. No, Tracy, you've let seen me, her. I'm gonna back it up for you, and I want you. I'm happy. I'm thrilled to see you because it's been forever. Oh, God, I know. But the shit hill you just said is real. I'll tell you exactly why. I remember the moment that I knew you were a real jewel as far as teaching relative to all of those people just as good. It's like all of you guys were instructors, weren't you? Well, Lisa Lisa was the first person in those days to remind us all of how critical it is that your script has the cause and effect in the story and how you have to work backwards from the end. Yes. The cause and effect, like that was all you. Yeah. People weren't really on top of that at the time. And the importance of supporting the organization. Like today, we're like, well, is OBS still around? Mm-hmm. It was Lisa <laughs> who said, you know, if you guys don't show up to the meetings consistently, yeah. we're not going to have anything that's going to help us come up or get in the game or whatever. So that was all you. So I have to, I have to echo. And yeah, basically, it's just, like, it's just like doing all the years and just realizing, like, why should I wait for somebody else to tell us what I think we need to be hearing? Because right. a lot of people will come in and be like, oh, do this. And I'm just like. You're talking to black people. <laughs> and you're talking to black people who come from various backgrounds. And that's great that you guys are doing these wonderful things. But my people need the nuts and bolts. They need the grits. <laughs> you know, they well, yeah, need, yeah, they yeah, need because, the, the nuts and bolts well, I, yeah. I, I th- and the realness. I think the thing that, um, I think the thing from my experience is that harms a lot of like black writers who are coming up is they haven't they haven't been exposed to certain kind of things mm-hmm. and it's either because i mean there's there's I, you know there's tons of reasons why right. but it's the exposure to the content to the material that is outside of your comfort zone <coughs> and that's hard is what is going to really teach mm-hmm. you to be a writer or to be a filmmaker or to be whatever it is because you're not because what's comfortable to you you almost might not look at it critically right you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. And, and you also might take the stance of, I can do that because I've, that's all I see and I'm comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, <clears throat> it's just the sad tragedy of, there's, you know, of, of, of black cinema, you know, doesn't have the money, doesn't have like, like all these things, resources, you know, the resources, you know, the, the this, all these things to get to the level of if you want to have the career then you have to kind of like, you know, um, you you have to kind of make the 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 white people that you'll be working with. You, they have to understand that that they have to trust you, and they'll only trust you if you deliver if you deliver a product that is 
that fits fits what they do. They go, oh, because oh. oh, to bring this back, because mm-hmm. it's like you mentioned Robert Townsend. Robert Townsend, you know, his first movie is in Cooley High, right? When he's still in high school when he made that movie. But that's like a big studio film when that was done. He's an actor, and, yeah. You know, and so so he got to see as a as a as a young person, oh, this is what these movies do. Right. And how they're made, and they weren't like the black the black exploitation films yeah, of story. the era. Is that you know? Tim? Um, yeah. What's his name? Uh, is it is it Michael Schultz? I think Michael. Oh, Schultz. I think yeah, I think Michael Schultz directed yeah, that. I'm the one thinking. But attention. it's one of those things where he see. But 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 that. But if you look at that movie and you look at something like you know, I mean, this, you know, I mean that that movie's coming out around the era of like the Dolomite films, right? Yeah. And the Dolomite films, people might watch those and love those and like those for what they are, showing black life. But it's like the the but that but if you make a movie like a Dolomite movie, you're not gonna get in the door at Hollywood the way right. you would if you made a movie and understood what it meant to make a movie like like Cooley High from behind the scenes. Because I remember he came. Well, they up, were regular teenagers, right? Which we hadn't seen right. too much. Right. There's there's you know? all that, but but I remember I, I remember seeing him at the rise one time. He was talking about it when they did a screening <laughs> of the movie, and he was saying that like I got to see what. What it meant when the when the trucks come and right. blah blah blah, and it's like and if you don't see that stuff, then you're not aware of what it, it takes. Because the, because the, because in your head you can go, oh, that scene we did in Cooley High, and they shot that at night because they did all this. Right. But but I'm shooting a scene with someone else at night, and they got like a, a flashlight trying right. to light us up, <laughs> thinking it's cool. Right. Right. Well, no, it's not cool. I mean, and 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 then you wonder why your project doesn't like strike, it doesn't hit the right buttons with the the white executive somewhere right. because right. those people can't tell you why mm-hmm. it's not working. They just know it doesn't work because mm-hmm. in their mind, they, 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 it's it's a it's a subtle thing of maybe ninety things adding up that they just go, that's not there, and and I can't well, pinpoint why, but I just know it's not there. Just mm-hmm. piggybacking mm-hmm. off of that you know just going back to us when we were teaching at OBS because I remember I'd watch you or Renee or Tracy or Ron get up and all you guys had been instructors before you you taught you know what I mean and I'd be like I don't know how to fucking teach and I remember you took me aside one day and I was like I don't really know what I'm doing up there or something like that and you were like just do you and you were like well if you got up there and did you what would you do and I was like well I would the thing that always bothered me when whether it was taking a class from Pilar for mm-hmm. anybody, this is, and I told Pilar this, so I'm not throwing anything on her, behind her back. Is I'm always like, what have you done though? You know, so I was like, I don't want to be the one who's just breaking down Godfather. Mm-hmm. Who's ju- I want to tell you, here's the script I wrote that went to Sundance. Right. Here's the script that I did that did blah 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 blah. Right. Here's the movie I did. Here's the things I right. messed up on. Right. Here's how you can make it better. So right. Here's how you hire a DP. Whatever the fuck. Right. And so, and you were like, well, that's what you teach. Mm-hmm. And when I realized that, that's when I loosened up. At first, I was really stiff. I wasn't sure what to say. I was mm-hmm. repeating myself, doing all kind of stuff. And then when she told me it was okay to just do that thing, right. it was enough. And I was like, oh. Yeah. That's it? That's well, it. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's you, it. You, you, you're right because, the, you know. The Put thing, your spank on it. Cause this exactly. is the, this is the, the thing that's funny is, and it's like, you know, like I'm good to hear this all the time, is that... Um, people start asking you about screenplays and stuff like that or movies and stuff like that you tend to uh i mean like everyone's going to talk about Chinatown okay. for some they always are i mean Kramer versus you, Kramer. <laughs> Big. You know, and, and the thing is right. is that the thing is that you go and you look at books and that shit always pops up right. it's in every book so it's hard for you not to say that you mm-hmm. know 
but it's like if you can talk about a personal experience and point to it or talk about a different movie because there's you know what the fuck there's 10,000 movies that are fucking amazing you know I told someone the other day I put this thing on my on my Twitter you know I do that think of tiny letter after Parasite one right I said there's a hundred films I'll put together because fucking AFI won't do a, a, like there's no there's no a, a, AFI a hundred greatest foreign language shows. Oh, oh my oh, god, language, yes, yeah, for sure. Be, because it kind of antithesis to the American. We should do that, you know. Mm. So let's do a weekend and just do that. So that's like, what I did. Oh, you I did said, it. Damn it. To the thing, I, 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 I said <laughs> I missed oh, the we, argument. Well, I we can talk it. about no, it. No, though. We, we can talk okay. about it. But but I but no, someone's telling me, and I said, you know what? In Paris, like, because you know, oh, who watched these foreign films? I was like, motherfucker, here's a hundred right now. Okay, that I'm not even thinking about just i'll run them real fast yeah and at the end of it i said you know what i'll do another one i'll, I'll, I'll do I'll, you know what i'll do I'll another do one soon <laughs> of another hundred okay because there's another because right. i said to someone i said you know what the thing is is for 50 percent of the world i'm sorry for every film at least 50 percent of the people who are going to see this is going to be a foreign language film yeah at mm-hmm. least 50 yeah. if not 90 really percent yeah. of it right. we forget about how you know, small we are here yes. compared to other you places know, yeah. because it's like if the if, if, if i mean like a movie like 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 an english language film is only gonna play in canada australia and england mm-hmm. without subtitles you know maybe a few maybe south africa maybe mm-hmm. maybe 10 countries total right. out of 195 thank you you know mm-hmm. So it's like I mean, so it's fucked up to think that you ha- that you can't. There's, there's so you so, so my thing is, and the beauty of cinema is, it's a fucking universal language. Yes, that's what makes for, for fuck what everyone says about what is cinematic. All cinematic means is, am I telling my story through pictures? Yes. And that's why it's universal, right? Because the events that happen in Old Boy. That's a movie that, that works without any. You can watch it without subtitles and figure it out. You can watch you know? Parasite. You watch Parasite without any subtitles. Without subtitles and, 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 and figure, figure it what out. The fuck is going because on. the because the the filmmaker understands the 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 cinematic language. That's all that it is. Not it's it's not how is it lit this way or blah blah blah. It's it's like just tell me the picture. Just tell me the story in pictures so I understand it. Mm-hmm. I mean the the reason why the reason why movies are big as an art form, a huge art form, is when they made silent films. It was so easy to kind of swap out the titles because mm-hmm. just like maybe one title every three or five minutes, right. but it was just totally pictures, right. and everyone could understand it. Just to- was watching totally just watching pictures, and it's like that's where to me I, I go back to. It's like you know, can you talk about like other films that that have these great there's you know the, the great moments and the thing I tried to do for, like for those 100 is I said okay wait a minute I like I wrote 50 and I was like you know what here's like 10 that the top 10 or 15 are always the foreign films everyone wants to talk about like four and it blows or eight and a half of all. I, yeah. got to, I got to that point I said you know I'm gonna stop and those are all those are all like like the art house classics and then you get caught into like this then it becomes oh, what's the word I'm looking for when those the, the typical the, the usual suspects the suspects come out then that's your only film language mm-hmm. and you're just repeating what someone's the just, same stuff right that someone's told you is good yeah and then they tell you and here's the here's the, I'm telling y'all a secret you know when you see FI in those big lists and you watch those movies some of the movies are trash <laughs> I don't give a fuck how many Oscars they won I don't care if Robert Ebert said it was this sometimes you have to learn your own cinematic gumption right. that has meaning and some of those shit that they list mm. it's the best thing ever I'm just gonna let you know some of it ain't and some of it's just hype <laughs> 
and some well, of it is just well. That's within Ptolemy. We've been watching reputation. No. Yes, it, it, and, and so just like everything that Shakespeare wrote ain't good. Is right. I don't care how many right. plays Shakespeare in the park no. you see. Hello, some of that <laughs> but, shit is but, like, but, but man, he, but he, he didn't have no that. editor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're not all masterpieces. No. They're all no. not masterpieces, but, even though we act like they are. Yeah, like, but the, mm. So my thing is, I so mm. I so I did those fifteen or twenty. Mm. I said, you know what, I'm going to leave those, but but I'll replace them once I do the another the next eighty. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to choose. Films that are like from like the last twenty years. I know everyone has a problem right, seeing right. movies that are over two thousand. Right. So it's just kind of focused it to that. And then I was like, I was going through stuff. I was like, ah, you know what? There's too many like French films here. Right, so I'm right. gonna stop and go. So, so what are some African films that uh, I like that I can go like throw in here? And I would constantly go back through and just say, you know, like I would I would stop myself mm-hmm. from going. What's the knee jerk easy thing? Right. And like, what's the film that maybe came out of Egypt that I saw, or that came That's out of, or, or that came out of Because last year of Korea. That is not the big films right. everyone talks about, but ones that I that like are smiling and have But they yeah. made me go, oh, oh you know, what? I want to watch impact. more. I, I, like, I want to watch more Korean films, right? You know, it's like last year at my one of my like. I think they're the best. Outline, I think yeah. it's the Malcolm Korea. X. I can't remember yeah. Rose in San Diego, but somebody usually have like these little group things. So usually I go hang out where they have like little panels and stuff. And I remember there was a panel they were talking about horror movies and oh and people who are into the film and writing and some of the best horror and then of course one of my friends is sitting next to me it's like well my friend uh, I'm like can I just go someplace <laughs> and just sit and just ease in the cut and just mind my business mm-hmm. and I remember I was like well here's some film. well what do you think for cinema you know for horror for people who want to write horror you know screenplays and stuff like that what and so I was like, well, let me give you some 10 films that you need to check out. And I, I would say that more than half were foreign films. Mm-hmm. And they weren't just Asian foreign films, you know. And it was like, oh. And the expression on their faces was like, mm-hmm. oh, they're expecting me to say the classics like Halloween. Right. <laughs> <sighs> oh, shout out to Max Van Seda for <laughs> yeah. The Exorcist. Yeah. For Rest the classics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, from the old days. But great Swedish actor. But, you know, and, and people are like, oh, so we got to watch some... Oh, you know, and I'm like, first of all, let's get up to date. <laughs> mm-hmm. And number two, let's expand our, our film knowledge mm-hmm. and, and get some ideas and some visuals, some ways to tell stories that are a little bit different than the norm, because I think we just get, it gets boring. I think that's why I'm so bored with American TV and films. I actually believe they shouldn't even use the, um, what do they call the words? That go, why am I subtitles? Going? The subtitles. Subtitles. You should have to, no, no, no. You should see the, t- you shouldn't do the, um, what they call the it? The doves. They should not dub films. <laughs> I, I hate fucking that hate it. it. Takes I, you out. I, I hate it. fucking sure. hate it. I, I want to hear the people's language. Yes. I want to hear how they sound. Agreed. And it was interesting because it was one, I think, what was, what was I watching? Oh, I was re-watching um, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the mm-hmm. original the Swedish original, right. Millennium, right. the Millennium Trilogy. And they have it on there where you can see the subtitles mm-hmm. or you can listen to the language. Yeah. Two of the actors in there, they know English. So when it's them, it's their voice. Mm-hmm. But it was so disconcerting to kind of flip. Like sometimes I just want to hear it, but I don't mm-hmm. want to look at it. Yeah. So I'm like, well, you know what? Let me just put it in English and mm-hmm. just, and it was just so jarring <laughs> to hear the character. Like that is not what that character sounds right. like. You know what? Let me just but, but, flip it back but, but over. See, but here's the thing too about the, the thing about, the thing about like, uh, again, this is like my thing about cinema, what it really is that, you know, about people concerned about dialogue so much. Dialogue is important, but when you watch a foreign film and you hear an actor speaking in their language, it's like everything but the dialogue that you understand. 
like their pain and their emotion is all there without you actually understanding what the words are and then because of what they're doing with subtitles you know because like i noticed this when when i watch german movies or french movies they're having to like you know like take a concept that, that might have been like you know like three sentences and they got to bring it down to one sentence right. because it's got a so flash. Even, you're not even getting the full so, so you're not getting the full right. thing and it's you know you know and it's like oh you know like he didn't really say it like that he said and it's like in those little those cultural little nuances and mm-hmm. some of the language is pulled out so it's like but you still understand what the story is mm-hmm. and you I mean you know it's just it's sad that like it's not I mean look like those films from from all those those classic like art house films from and I hate the fact that th- those films from Europe from the 50s and 60s are called art house but they're different than the art house today right. because then those guys were just telling stories that were that went to the art house because they were they weren't the kind of like you know like soft shoe type of Hollywood films with like door stay movies and yeah. shit like that you were like telling like real stories again like 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 you know f- like People should watch like all those films that like Max von Sydow did, right? Oh, here's the name of Max von Sydow. Oh, the right? Seventh Seal. So just, just, mm-hmm. just the thing, like, so for him, like, you know, I remember the first thing I saw. I remember when I was a kid, I saw the a, a still from the Seventh Seal. This mm-hmm. is before it was before like Bill and Ted's came out. So I didn't mm-hmm. know this thing about a guy playing like ch- you know death for justice. Survival. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, that's fucking dope. That's just conceptually dope. Right, right. You know, and I just saw a still and I was like, who's this actor? I was like, Max Sydow. I was like, oh, he played Ming the Merciless. What the fuck else has he has, has, has he been in? Right. And, and 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 what are these other Swedish films? I remember he, you know, and you know, he worked in a lot of Bergman films. I remember this, this Bergman film called um called Winter Light. Mm. And it's about this priest who has a crisis of faith, hmm. and he listens to Max von Sydow, who comes in as like a who wants to give a confession, and because the priest is like, man, fuck all this shit and like that, you know, he doesn't give the right the right guidance to the to the guy who's looking for guidance, hmm. and then that guy kills himself because he got the wrong stuff from the priest, you know. And I was like, that's fucked. Up. You wouldn't see a <laughs> movie see over America, here yeah. where the priest is so his own problems are overwhelming him that he like he pushes like the guys on the left like Father help me, Father help me. No motherfucker, hand it your own shit. <laughs> and then he just goes and kills himself. I was like, God damn. Right. But that's fucked up. But that was a great performance. Right. And that's a lesser known mm-hmm. it's a lesser known Right. A long time ago. This is like in the fifties, like mid fifties. So he was already a, 50, a conflicted. 54? Yeah, uh, uh, mm-hmm. a flawed character in a bit. Yeah, That's funny. you know, but you watching this, and I'm like, this is a guy who, like, you know, like, you know, and 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 the Bergman films that are big, we know them. It's like Wild Strawberries, it's it's Seven Seal, and it's maybe like um like Fanny Alexander. That's the okay, most people but, yeah, remember. remember. That but he title. did like yeah. forty or fifty movies. You right. know, they're all fucking like. And he wrote them all. I was like, this motherfucker wrote all his fucking movies. That's a fucking genius filmmaker because he's not. He has to. He 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 only works when he can say something, right? You know, but to do fifty films, it's right. a lot to say, right? And to make them, I mean, they're all really really high level. But that's where it's like that's where you need to get into like the looking at films that, that you're not familiar with. Mm-hmm. You know, you find those things, and that's where I with respect to the OBS thing. It's like that's where I think that you know. Um, you just need to expand what you're exposed to. Because I, I, I'm not going to call this woman out by name, but I remember she said something on Twitter last year in 2000, er, in, er, in early 2000, around the, the Oscars of 2019. So not this year's Oscars. She was like, I ain't going to watch a movie unless it's got black people in it, right? 
to yeah. tweet this out. And I was <laughs> there like, was a lot of that on Twitter. And I said to myself, "You're not gonna watch Cold War? Nope, no one blacking." And I was like, "You're fucking missing out." That's ridiculous. And now, what I wanted to do this year is. I guess you're not watching Parasite either, because there's no black people in that either, are you? Right, <laughs> right. Because you're being such a you're, mm. you're being so closed-minded about what you're gonna see. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it's like see the movies and get uh, and get over the fact that it might be someone white, it might be somebody Asian, or or they might be whatever the fuck it is. It's like those movies are those, those movies are coming over here because someone saw them and said this is speaking to the human experience. Right. You know, I mean, if you haven't seen Parasite, just in terms of like class. And, and just the way it's filmed and the way tension is developed and how it starts off tonally one way and then shit goes another way and then you're just ten and then it goes another way and you're like what the there. fuck is going on yeah. and like even though I know this guy's work and I know anything I watch from him something's gonna go left mm-hmm. but there's gonna be something you know because every one of his films that I've seen, even though there might be some crazy stuff going on, he always has at the end, there is some kindling or little kernel of hope somewhere. Oh, not in fucking Memories of Murder. <sighs> okay, not every single thing. Not in that movie. But, Mm-mm. you know, even, you know, thinking about the host <laughs> and all that, just all his films, just like, there's something in there. But it's like, if you just want to just see something cinematically that's just a roller coaster of emotion, great acting. A lot of those actors um, that were in that are people that I've watched in Korean TV shows right. that are really good, you know. And so it was good to see some people that I recognize from shows and, and just, just, just watch it. Mm-hmm. And just like if you didn't see The Last Black Man in San Francisco. <laughs> Shame, shame, they shame. They got shafted. They did they get shafted. shafted. You know, <clears throat> that's why I'm glad Parasite won because those are yeah. my two top movies sure. of 2019. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't care what, didn't matter who else was coming out with mm-hmm. stuff. I don't care if you was black, whatever you was coming out with, yeah. if your shit <laughs> wasn't on those levels, yeah. then I applaud your efforts and I'll wait for it to stream because <laughs> I'm very discerning now with who I'm going to give my, because I want to make sure my dollars go to those people to let them know. I appreciate your work. I mm-hmm. want to see more of it. Everybody else, you made your coin. I'll see it on streaming. Ain't no well, big thing. Well, you just brought up something interesting, Chris. <clears throat> a lot of people are like, well, it's a black film, so we should support it. <laughs> I mean. No. Yeah, I was about to say no, but I was trying not to say no. <laughs> Listen, don't be scared. No. It still needs to be no. good at Compelling. the very least. Yes. It still really better be. than good. Yes. yes. But it it's about I think for us quality I, yeah it's the quality for us because we know what we are capable of mm-hmm. and when I see certain things that are coming out like y'all know we better than this right. you know we have the but I don't know if they're just feeding into certain executives to get stuff done <clears throat> if they're being you know you know strung up and not being able to tell right. those stories but it's like whenever those little nuggets that come in like I said like the last black man when those little mm-hmm. things are able to get through or like a moonlight or something or something that just just gives you hope like oh I think that's the same people I want to say Plan B did Moonlight and did Last Black Man so uh, I, I, I so I so I think, I think plan, that's right. Yeah. So right. so so black people need to. Take I need to go work for Plan B. Yeah. I know, I, Plan B. Y'all need to hire me so I can go help you search for some stuff and let you know yay or nay. Because y'all meeting, been y'all been doing good. They read my Black Wall Street and I had a meeting with them and they just kept postponing the meeting because she was in production and stuff or whatever the big producer mm. there, and then it just never fucking happened. Mm. So I gotta I need to jump on that whenever this is all over. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because it, uh, people. I mean, because so. <clears throat> They did Twelve Years a Slave. Right. They did Moonlight. They did Last Black Man in San Francisco. He, lo- he loves this type of shit. Brad, sure. yeah, fucking what's his name? Uh, Brad Pitt. Speaking of that, I was thinking about. Um, um, I emailed um, Lena Waithe the other day, and I just watched Twenties, her new show, mm. and 
for some reason, as I was watching, I was like, the character who plays, you know, basically represents Lena. I just love this girl. I just, it was one of those moments where I was watching the show and I just. What's the actress's name? I forgot. I, I forgot off the top of my head. It yeah, I forgot off the top of my head. And um, but I loved it. So I went to the next episode and watched it. I got halfway through. And I went, fuck it. I just emailed a girl. I fucking love it. I th- it's like a female all black entourage to mm. me. That's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. I'm like they're getting away with this on BET, okay? Because it's kind of edgy, right? It's almost like a younger version oh, of Insecure, okay. okay? Yeah, okay. And it's um, um I thought it was on TBS, but no, maybe no, it's on I BET. BET. And um. But I really just the tone, the, the 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 writing was good. The acting I thought was where the cast was Smart. good. Mm. I just really liked it. And I was like, girl, this this is a hit. I love it. Mm. And so I was like, I'm just throwing it out there. Want to have you on the show? She's like, of course. I'm, as soon as I'm done, I'll come on the show. Yeah, I can talk about it. And if, yeah. if one of the actors are there, I'll have to check it out. Because I think have I watch anything on BT in a while. I have not. I've been watching the. It's moving up. I've been watching the music shows because since they since nobody else is awarding black people other things, <laughs> I got to drag my ass back over and like, all right, let me watch BT and watch my people do their thing. <laughs> let me watch my NAACP and see my people do their thing. Right. You know, so but you know, it, it's funny to get back from we talked about OBS thing. I was remembering why I was. I really loved using that sequence from Sexy Beast. Mm. And it was one of the first times I was like, you know what? Let me just let me just throw in something that people and that was the purpose of doing that. Was that blue here, people away. Here are some scenes and the, the mm. reason why I used that sequence that was when we were teaching it, because that's what I love when OBS used to teach. When he we used to have OBS mm. on tour. Yes. Let me tell you all the people we had. We had Renee, we had Tracy, we had Ron, we had of course me and Hilliard. But the way it was like it was like a fine orchestra. It was like, usually I would come in this top and like pop it off, getting excited. And then we had everybody with their different personalities mm-hmm. and styles of teaching. We all taught different and things. And thing. And it just, yeah. and people, you could just look at people getting excited and doing stuff like, oh God, if we could do this everywhere else. It was so exciting. Yeah. But I remember one of the things I, in the, the sequence the, I used. What was the scene from 60 Beasts? It's the scene where, the sequence where I talked about how to introduce um your antagonist, I think it was like, I think I called it antagonist that pop or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. you got to try to be razzle-dazzle. Right. Give me the old razzle-dazzle. Right. But basically it was like how creative ways to introduce your antagonist. And one of the sequences was, and one of the things I did was showing them have other people talk about them before they even show up. Oh yeah, because and that And about- it's the sequence when they're at my favorite scene where they're all at the dinner Mind you, Sexy Beast, if you haven't seen it, it's one of my, f- I, I, went, I went to Hollywood movie. and I bought the original, I bought like the, Thing. I said, y'all have the actual screenplay, the thick. I know the pages is like long, yeah. bitch is long. Yeah. And I have to go in as like, I'm no, I'm going to actually buy the actual thing. Yeah. Fucking amazing film. You ain't seen If you ain't Kingsley seen that, it's one like of my this. favorite. It's like, oh my God, he should have won an Oscar for this. He was Fantastic. robbed. They got shafted. He was fucking yeah. robbed. That whole, yeah. oh, that whole thing is shafted. robbed. It's the soundtrack. Every, from beginning to end, there's no waste of money. One of the best films. If you haven't seen it, for real. Classic. You need to, but you the need sequence basically is, is these, these gangsters who from England, they've retired to Spain and they're, you know, they've got their loot. There's two couples. Uh, two of them have done time in jail, the men, and they're coming back. So now they're, you know, they're living life. Like they're living them literally. They're living a nice Sex, life too. Sexy beast. It's, it's sexy. a life. It's, it's a life I want to live. Yes. I just don't want to go to jail for it. <laughs> but I would not mind marrying an old gangster who's, hey, he's done his time. Yeah. We got our money. We live, yeah, we yeah, and yeah, we yeah because happy. his, uh, his wife, his wife's like ex, is his right. wife an ex porn star? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. And she's fabulous. Fuck. She's like, yes, fuck. he yeah. loves her. Yeah. They love each other. This, this they have a good relationship. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. No judgment. But what's his name? Is no judgment. Is it Logan? Is it yes? 
Don Logan. Don, Don Logan. Okay. And they we talk about tripping at the dinner. Listen, we nicely. Talk, they have a nice you want to talk about one nice of place with the, the nice best and shit, villains? And it's all going to shit. He's in my top five villains. If you don't know who Don Logan is, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Learn who Don Logan is. It's Ben Kingsley. So basically, they're sitting there, like, and every now and then they get together, they have dinner, you know, old gangsters, mm-hmm. fine wine, they're having the clams. And all of a sudden, one of the women says, Oh, I got a phone call. Oh, yeah. And everybody's happy. And all she did, all the bitch did, I hate to call her bitch, <laughs> but this is how hardcore Don Logan, all, and her name is Jackie. All Jackie said was, Don Logan. Who was the call? Don Logan. Mm-hmm. The entire mood of the scene shifts totally. now mind you these are gangsters yeah. these are men who have killed people have robbed they've done they've done some shit yes. they have been in jail yes they have they have look they roughnecks <laughs> when you got roughnecks sitting at a nice dinner table with Keontae on the table mm-hmm. and they sweating and so your mind is automatically thinking who the fuck is this don logan that's right and then when they cut to see you're already tense so you don't even have to know who ben kingsley's character is but the moment they cut to his sequence you're already fucked up because these people who you followed who you know are bad guys and they're scared Mm -hmm. you're nervous for them so it's just a sequence and it's like a foreign film you know it's english but it was just Mm -hmm. an idea to give our filmmakers and our you know our writers start reading scripts from other countries start looking at stuff outside your comfort zone because you're going to find some jewels and some tools and techniques to use to just make your script a little bit better a little bit more interesting and compelling ways to you know introduce your characters yeah yeah because the thing is is that you know in in europe the, the way they make movies is most of the time they have to submit the script oh they have their own to the right? um to i mean if, if you, you, <coughs> the companies might give some money but then you just submit the script to the film the film the the, the arts councils right the government and they, and they look at it and they say does this represent our culture well? Mm. Does? All right, do what you want. Take your money. No notes, no nothing. So they, so when they, so when they make these movies, they so you do, can make the movie you want. You make the movie make. you're gonna make. That's right. that's why that's why European films are so fascinating because they're not slaves to, yeah. and and and, be, and because a big chunk of the money came from the government that doesn't need to be paid back. Right. Then. Those people are not slaves to right. the to the commercial concerns. Right. Like, hey, you know, we we can't yeah. do this. We don't scene. need a Hollywood ending. We, we can't gotta have a net. Look, look, yeah. look. There's a movie. The, so the the guys who directed um, the last Bad Boys movie, right? Bad Boys Three. Oh yeah. They were this. That's a. The, How did that do? Did they do okay? I don't know, but it, I, it, it was fine. It, it actually it did, did well. Okay, right. It did well. It was fine. Um, and you didn't have to watch the other two to, movies to, to, get, to it, yeah. get it. Yeah. But okay. the, so, so that's always a plus. So it's these guys. They're um. It's like Bilal and like and, and like Abdul or something like that. And they're 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 two brothers. They're uh, they're Arab oh, okay. from Morocco, hmm. but they're from Belgium. Hmm. And they had, you know, and the, and their claim to fame was they did a movie called Black, oh, in, in, yes. in, in Belgium, yes. that could not be released in the states. And <laughs> you tell them we why? talked about this. Tell them but, why? but everyone, but it, it it made us rounds throughout Hollywood because mm-hmm. motherfuckers, you know, and these guys came in and and reshot the 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 Snowfall pilot, and they did like another pilot for like a, the Axel Foley show that didn't mm-hmm. get going. And I was like, these guys were burning it up like two years ago mm-hmm. when they started getting all this kind of shit. And I was like, "What is this movie, Black? Like, how can I? Because because that's their only movie credit. Mm. They they're music video guys. And I was like, right. "What is this movie? See this movie?" Right. And I put, and I had to like right. I, and I had to go search it online, and I got it out of um, from the from the from, from the French Amazon, 
And um, <laughs> oh, français, Amazon. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you just need, yeah, you just yeah, it's just. It, I mean, this is this is if if you if you really like your shit, then you will get one of those like the, the, those DVD players, Blu-ray players that will play the the play anything over the world. They don't cost that much money. They're maybe three hundred dollars. How much is a regular one? Is maybe two two hundred. Do they have subtitles? They're not that much anymore. No, no, no. Well, I'm, I'm just the ones. Well, the region free ones are expensive like that. The the regular ones maybe are, but then they might not be. It could be cheaper. No, no. They used to have them at Cinefile really cheap. I'm going yeah. to Cinefile after this. Yeah, like, so, so they might be cheaper. They get. might be cheaper. Yeah. dollars. Get one of those. And I went online, mm-hmm. and this movie is. This is why it's so fucking fascinating. It's Romeo and Juliet, set in Belgium, but the gangs are a black gang and a Moroccan gang. Ooh. I mean, it's an African game, a Moroccan game, and I was uh, like, "Africa, Morocco is in Africa." So, well, uh, what are they from? The, the, like <laughs> northern, northern Africa, Africa. Africa. the light so, skin. So, yeah, so, so <laughs> well, the, the, the main thing is that they're Arabs. They're yeah, Arabs, and right. and the, I, I want to say they're from Senegal or something like that. Right. And it's interesting because I was like, these guys got money from the Belgian government. To do a movie that ain't got no white people in it, but I bet you they but pitched the hell out of Romeo and Juliet but they part. Push, they push yes, it, but, but it's set in Belgium and it has to do with a issue in Belgium. There's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of people from Africa, from northern and and southern Africa who are in Belgium who are living there. So this is a story about what happens there. Mm-hmm. In so it's culturally relevant to them, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just a really. I mean, have you seen this movie? That movie's no. fucking fantastic. But the reason why they won't show it in the states is. Is that to get into the gang? They gotta kill white people. They gotta um uh you 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 have to you you have to rape a girl to get into the gang. Oh, okay. And it's like this yeah. huge yeah. thing in the movie. And it's like no fly. Yeah, and, it's, it's, and it's like you can't even like cut around that because mm-hmm. they're talking about it. And they're talking about right. it, and it's like you know it's a really fucking good movie. Is because for for all this about, but it's an example of these guys took a a classic. Let me say the back. Took a fucking cliched story at this mm-hmm, point, mm-hmm. but made it fresh by location and who the gangs were, and uh, is is fucking fascinating. And there's nothing wrong with go to the old classics and, like you said, make it fresh, flip it some kind of way, make it a little bit unique. You know, it's not because you know there's a reason why we have genres, people, because <laughs> we do like certain stories told over and over again, but just the same, but slightly different, a little fresh, a little, a little different. Uh, I have to check it out. Yeah, like yesterday, I was in the theater, and um, you actually went out in public. Yeah, there were um, people in the theater. It might be ten people. <laughs> um, were you all sp- spaced out? Yeah, <laughs> six feet. Yeah, apart. motherfuckers <laughs> were spaced out. It was kind of funny. Chris ain't scared. Um, okay, <laughs> you know the kids. The thing is, it's like it's not really people. It's not the people around you. Is that it's a motherfucker gonna sneeze? <laughs> is what you have to be worried about. Yeah, or cough. Um, but I'm there in the theater. And one of the trailers that plays is... What is it? Ghostbusters Afterlife. What? Have you seen this bullshit? Nope. There's another Ghostbusters where it's about like the, it's the, about the grandchildren of the people who were in the original Ghostbusters. So it's like it's, it's Vankman's grandchild and... And it's set in Arizona and like the Ghostbusters, mo- the hearse is, is all... Is it a comedy? Yeah. It's, 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 who it's, is this for? I don't know. 
<laughs> that would that would be me in the uh, the executive meeting. Uh, excuse me, I hate to stop your pitch. Uh, who? What, qua- what quadrant is this for? What? What are we trying to hit here? Uh, what are we doing? You know what it is? It's, it's the stranger. What is else is on our slate? Stranger Things audience. People all mm. they want to see the Stranger Things. These kids. Well, because they're going to they're gonna have to end Stranger because these kids are going to get grown. Yeah. yeah it's well, be boring. Th- well, there's one of the kids from Stranger Things is in this Ghostbusters thing. I was like, I'm gonna see him in this. Motherfucker, does this show all goddamn time? We'll use the existing property. Well, they're gonna try to like push these kids. Get. Yeah. But there's, there's uh-uh. I think about it. I was saying to myself, why didn't they do when they did the version with the women, the Ghostbusters with the women? Why is it like? How come like you know like Melissa McCarthy wasn't like the daughter of Bill Murray? You know, I mean, if you're gonna do that now um, in this film, related that right. that there's yeah. like this is the grandchildren of. You know, I tie it in or something. I mean, like it's it's and it looks bad. Once again, why and who? (laughs) Why and who? They're thinking. (laughs) They're thinking. Well, people love Stranger Things, so not that I don't. Well, people like Stranger Things. I just once I don't think it's going to be this love fest thing. You know, it's it's cute and it did what it did, but it's like. mm, I just don't think it's going to propel, you know, movie stuff to try to I get people really to see it. I didn't really care for things. I was like, I lived that time. That's not important. That's not interesting to me. Yeah, and it wasn't as I liked like the first two, and then I was done. It's like, okay, it's not that interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna watch more. I mean, I enjoy people who enjoy it, but it's like, eh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, I want anyway. it darker. If we're gonna have kids, make it darker. Yeah, for y'all, sure. Y'all too nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was fuck funny. Kids. Yeah, I felt like kids. the tone of ET or something Listen, to me. I don't you know. know. No. It's like I was talking to somebody the other day. I want the tone of the thing. If we're gonna give you some alien stuff, <laughs> exactly. I want the thing, not ET. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day. I was kinda like the guy who directed uh Attack the Block, mm-hmm. he ain't done anything in a minute. What? You gotta be kidding me. We may have to look that up and see yeah, what happens. I'm that sure up. he has something. Well, he's got to be doing some TV Maybe he's over doing there in TV. Britain I'm or something. Because he is. Because after like that, shit. you should have been. Well, I'm just going to say, I'm well, pretending like he's well, doing TV. Here's, here's the thing, have you read the script? The script is really good. It was good. a movie he was going to do. Like he was going to adapt that. John Biega, y'all need to do a part two now that you're yeah. older. He, there was a you know that really famous um, Neil Stevenson book, uh, Snow Crash. Yes. He was going to do Snow Crash as a movie, and I think he spent like five. or at least four or five years to develop that and never got the ground. Uh, that might you know? be what it, what But it's like, dude, you need to be doing something else. I mean, he might have done one of the film, but mm-hmm. he should have had like 10 films done that's after Attack the Block. But again, that's the story about my aliens, black people involved in some shit that... that but it wasn't just black people in Attack I know that, the Block. I know. It was everybody. But I'm yeah. saying, that's the <clears> movie... That where they're using kids the right way, where they're looking exactly. at this, right. things. Like, that's the Stranger Things I would watch. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, good mm-hmm. that's a good point. You know what that's I mean? Good, like, yeah. that's the one I would watch. For sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. look into that. Well, mm-hmm. thank y'all. This was cool. Episode 300. Yes. And where's my shirt? Oh, we were talking about that earlier. It's coming. We're ordering. It's ordering, coming. Ordering. I mean, I'm not, I'm just sitting here looking at Hilliard and his lovely black shirt. Which I've only wore twice. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, but people are buying them. People are buying them. Okay. Well, we're um, trying to make sure that the one we get for you is actually from the right manufacturer. Okay, so, very good. Yeah, I, know, that was part of the tell, Yes, tell me. Please, had a little, me. Yes, make me feel, make me feel special. Thing, Thank you so much. Um, so it last, do some washes and shit like that. <laughs> we didn't want to just, to well, let it just fall, right right off. fall right off. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It'd be Hilliard Guh. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Hilliard Guh? What? <laughs> some pimp from way back. Some pimp from the old days. Exactly. Anyway, thank you guys. This was, you know, nothing planned, but I wanted to get you guys 300. 
300. That's worth sure. celebrating. That's big. Nice. Yeah. Two hour episode. We just yip yapping and jaw japping. Shout out to Jeff Thorne yes. and to Linnell White, yes. who couldn't be here today. Yeah. They Paul Gio. Paul Gio. Because yeah. there's some health issues. But Carl Seaton. Mm-hmm. Carl, and, um, Carl. 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 Mr. Seaton, sir, I gotta tape this. You you sitting in my funny. you were sitting in my seat keeping it warm for me. I appreciate <laughs> it, but I am not the snuffleupagus. Really, I exist. Damn. Please come. And here's the thing: I feel so bad, Carl, because I told him like February is a good month. Come in Feb. Look, I'm here. <laughs> Are you hearing? In, in, it's in real. The, is it the real thing? Lisa, She's Lisa, posing. Lisa, Jam. So here's the thing: uh. I was the one who asked them to come in February. Like, if you're in LA, come. And then the weekend that <laughs> I could not come was my mother, and it was the day of my mom's birthday, and it was Sunday, which was my mom's actual birthday, and I could not leave my mom on her birthday and say, I have to go do a podcast with Carl Seaton, because she's going to be like, who the fuck is Carl Seaton? My mom doesn't cuss, but I'm just adding that in there. Right, like, right. it's my birthday, and I think she was like, 74, how was mom now? Finally, 76, 76, I think. So anyway, Carl, I exist. Listen, look, look. There's a, a chair for There's you, There's a call. chair for you. There is a bounty and, and wipes. <laughs> we have things. We have things. So please, when you're in town, Carl, for real, for real, for real, we don't we gon', we gon chop it up. Yeah, well, because yeah, well, particularly now, because, you know, Lisa's like me. She's unemployed as fuck. Yes. And, uh, she can roll up to the job. So listen, I can be your personal dominatrix for people out there or your dog sitter. I am multifaceted. <laughs> I can do all things. <laughs> I can do all things for you. So anyway, yes, Carl, come back for real. Hilarious. For real. <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, shout out to all the fans all over the world who listen to the show. We appreciate all you guys. Um, again, um, to the listener who uh, sent us the question. Ralph Walker. Ralph Walker, Ralph. yes. And we're blank hey, on Ralph. Um, appreciate that. Sandra Hornick was chiming in earlier. Some other people. Um, Did they have questions? Or, or they, um, they were just they were just listening. Mm-hmm. Some people were listening. <clears throat> we went live at first when we first started. And oh, then, and then I turned it off. What? We can do that live stuff now. We can do it then. We yeah. just prefer not to be. Oh, we on. just not to be on. Yes, <laughs> I just did it for like five minutes. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Good. Special occasion. Yeah, special occasion. So we're not sure what's gonna happen with this coronavirus thing. Um, this is gonna drop the following week. Okay. <clears throat> um, so we'll see. You know, you might have to do a couple of those um, bottle episodes. Bottle episodes. Do or something. some bottle we'll episodes because <laughs> I'm gonna go under quarantine, self quarantine, and of course. <laughs> As I said, introverts, our time is now. Everyone will live the way we live comfortably, <laughs> snuggled up. I'm going to actually walk over to the Trader Joe's yeah. and go look at some empty shelves, apparently. Damn. And then I'm going to walk to BevMo, which is probably a plethora of liquor. Yes. And some get some good wine <laughs> and some good snacks. And I'm just going to bottle up and like read and do some writing and okay. um, chill. And hopefully, you know, I won't see people screaming outside. But I have learned a lot mm-hmm. about how people react in real pandemics right. and uh, <laughs> once again horror people we're going to survive this because these motherfuckers don't know what they're doing why did I and we are going to make it because we already know all the tropes why did I post on Facebook I we said, know somebody was talking about like oh my god what are we going to do blah, blah, blah. and I was like look Y'all know me. <laughs> Look, I got a I hammer like, in this, one hand to the, knock you if out. Y'all turn if y'all turn into a walker around me. I got some shit for you. You ain't gonna make it. Yeah. I'm just gonna say I love you. I got some shit you for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I, I set it up by saying being very light in this time. But you know, here's some humor, right? <laughs> if you and don't you know what? Think- it's always humor. <laughs> like even the most tragic of times, people 
always have humor. I know in particular black people, we do. Right. Like, it'd be some fucked up shit, mm-hmm. but five minutes in, <laughs> somebody <laughs> gonna say some shit. There's, 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 <laughs> what do they call it? They call it gallows humor. It's gallows humor. But, there's, dude, but there was some comedian who was doing some joke with, like, the two... The two thieves who were on the cross with Christ, you know, like making jokes um, about that shit. Yes. It's like, motherfucker, you got to laugh. Right. <laughs> you got to yeah. laugh. My chest is being extended by my body. You know, right. I'm getting fucked up by right. the hands all right. spiked out, but right. I can still laugh. Damn. Shit. See what you came to, Tracy? You could have oh went gosh. to church today. Hey. Yes. <laughs> sure could have. Yes. Hey, this is church for a lot of people. You may, you may not know that. <laughs> you are ministering. Gen- 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 generation X, we, we all right. We've been through this. We know how to. We know how to sit in our house and do nothing and think our thoughts. Yes. These other people, these extroverted peoples, and these younger as who got to be out and do stuff, they're gonna die. Yeah, they yeah, gon' they gonna be out there. Right. They gonna be spreading stuff. Mm-hmm. But us introverts who know how to sit our asses down <laughs> and read a goddamn book <laughs> and ignore the screams outside and <laughs> ignore the people knocking, <laughs> ignoring people knocking on the door. <laughs> Go see the flaming car going by. Wow. Like, ooh, that's fucked up for them. But I'm cozy in here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Just know I'm gonna be Carol when it comes down to The Walking Dead. If mm-hmm. it comes down to that, yes, I'm be Carol. Yes. So if your if your kids ain't right. I'm be like, baby, come look at these flowers. It is. Ma- I'm mad at it. <laughs> come because look at these flowers real quick. <laughs> my, and we all know that, like, every time you write a, a spec script or something, like, you know, he only has like six months to right. last, and then all of a sudden it's dead. Right. Mine was dead like immediately, right? <clears throat> because in mine, Carol was still scary. Uh, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. Like she was all sensitive about shit. <laughs> and uh, actually, in my episode that I wrote, um, my my spec script of that show, like six years ago, whatever it was, it was. Um, I actually made it so that Michonne. And one of the other characters had sex. It was way before her, oh, okay. her and Rick ever got together. Because I was who'd like, you put her, "Who'd you put her with?" I'm not gonna say. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Was it a zombie? No. Oh, damn it! It was somebody black. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Who who was black? A hammer or something? I don't know. Something like that. You know, a hammer. (gasps) The uh, okay. Yes. Who I've wanted for the longest time, and it never happened, and that's why I quit watching the show. Exactly, because it looked like it was going to go there, and then boom, it never went there. Anyway, um, thank you, Tracy. Tracy Thank Grant, you. everybody, where My you at? My honor to be here is at the real Trey T H E R E E L T R A Y on Twitter. Shout out to all the listeners. A lot of people hit me up on Twitter, start a following. Mm-hmm. Let me know I'm bringing something to the party. Yes. So I appreciate that. Awesome, awesome. Appreciate y'all. And for our three hundredth, since we're celebrating, gotta say it, y'all are right there with me. I already know Kevin Killebrew. Uh, yeah. I miss you every day, brother. Right. Man, dude. Yeah. Yep. Those were yep. some of my favorite episodes. And you talk about the pettiness. <laughs> <laughs> Someone who had no fear. Yes. <laughs> the voice himself. The voice himself. Peace and love. Peace Great to be back. Love. Yes. Where you at, Chris? <clears throat> I am at Unauthorized Media. Uh... No, down my no. I'm at um, unauthorized CBT. I'm at unauthorized CBT. Lying to people. You don't even know who you is. No, that's my actually site. But um, I'm at um, unauthorized uh, CBD on Twitter and Instagram. Cool. Lisa, Lisa, Colt Jam. Uh, What fresh hell is this on Twitter? I should just tell everybody my my erotic romance burner account. Do you care? (sighs) If you don't want nobody listening, you don't want nobody listening. Ahead, no, I'll keep it burning. No, I need to keep my I need to keep my burners. Oh, what, this is what I'll do. I'll retweet myself. 
Uh-huh. And then they just have to find it. Okay. That's interesting. I have to put it that way. I ain't going <laughs> to let you know the other two because they are scandalous. <laughs> scandalous. All right. And I am your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show, Screenwriters are on Twitter. <clears throat> Any questions, screenwritersrantroom at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, Anchor, whatever you listen to, Google Play. Um, share the show, retweet it, all that other shit. Um, what else, Chris? So go to screenwritersrr.com. You can support the show through our Patreon link. You can buy mugs and T-shirts on the shop page there. And you can see uh, Gia Thomas or J- Jaya Thomas's um, diverse represent. So you can find uh, like a black Asian or black manager, or black attorney, or black uh, diverse, representation? D- d- diverse representation. Right. Diverse representation. Yeah, diverse representation. <clears throat> There's a link on it's on the homepage. The homepage has got... You know, the, it's in the show notes too. Yeah, the top three top three notes, top three episodes are there. You can link to those. Um, more than that, maybe, and the, or the most recent three, and then there'd be a direct link to support the show. There, Patreon, is, oh, and, a, and a direct link. I just thought to of something. Diverse. Why are you telling me all that? I just forgot. Of course right. you did. <laughs> save some save some Never time. mind. We'll just have to save it Go for ahead. another episode. I was going to ask you, uh, what did you guys think of the 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 trailer for the new Candyman? Oh, um, never mind. The tone. I didn't like it. Because it oh, gave, I did see it. It, 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 this yeah. is why this, because it gave away too much. I agree. I mm. thought it looked. I thought the. I thought the casting and the way they updated it and how they're doing it looked dope. But I sort of seen too much of the movie. I was like, motherfucker, I don't need to see this I much of the that, movie. I think that's what I tweeted was I would recut that trailer. Mm-hmm. I would start with Vanessa Williams. I cut it. Couple be, images, it, and then it needs to be half as long this, as yeah, what it is. And just half keep as it long short. because here's the thing, motherfucker. It's like it's Candyman. I don't need to have like three and a half minutes of you tell me what this is about. I know what this is about. Right. And if I don't know what it's about, I'm not seeing the movie. <laughs> Unless there's so much hype about it that I'll come see it. You know, but don't right. show me the whole don't show me the whole movie right. in the trailer. Motherfuckers goddamn. So it's an existing property. Existing properties are in mind because they're already just because they're already in your subconsciousness. Hey, hey Chris, right. tell us how you really feel. Damn. <laughs> you motherfuckers. But are you gonna see it? You the movie. Are you gonna see the movie? I'm gonna see it. Okay, I, I mean, like your. That means he ain't going. What, what's what's his <laughs> we name? We should go see it together. What's his name? Mateen. What's his name? Mateen. Yeah, yeah, Mateen. He's good. He's really good. Yeah, and I think that's when I was tweeting stuff out like, "This is the wrong." Is he in it still? Yeah, he's yeah. yeah. Okay, that's when I said, "This is the th- we're doing this wrong mm-hmm. because people are going to try to say Candyman." Five times just to get Yaya Matina show up in the room <laughs> and be mad when he doesn't show up. So I think they messed up with mm-hmm. the casting a little bit because it's like you're supposed to not want Candyman, but when you're sitting there in your negligee and your glass of wine, this motherfucker. <laughs> yes, come over here. This funny. <laughs> Bring he, a hook. I'm, you know what? I, I'm, I'm, this is the thing that's so interesting. I like. I need to find mm. out what was the thing that really hit him off. Because in the last year, mm-hmm. he's been in Watchmen. Mm-hmm. He's in Candyman. It wasn't the Netflix series. No, 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 no. That's all been in the same year. Mm. That was in, like like within the last calendar year. He what was, was the, that thing called? Oh, he was, he was the, on. He was on. Um, he was in Black the, Mirror. That's what I'm saying. The other thing. He was in, look, look. In the last year, he was in the Black Mirror episode. Right. He was in Watchmen, mm-hmm. and he's in Candyman. But the, the year it, before that, though, he was on that series. Oh God! Who? What is that thing called? It's like it took place in the seventies. It was supposed to be like the rise of hip hop, 
but it oh. wasn't good. Oh, uh, 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 oh, that's right. He was in that. Uh, and I oh, have to say, right, right, and I was right. hyped for that. He yeah. played the guy. The fact that I can't even think the name of it. Oh, uh, the Get Down. The Get Down. He owned yes. that club. He that yes. is similar. But his his hair was so. You know, I didn't recognize him from that, but that was him. Yeah, right. that was him. But that's yeah. the first time I came, became familiar with him. It's like, oh, this is interesting. But, but, but you know what? I, but but no one saw that show, so there had to be something that. There's always some. I'm gonna say show. Black Mirror. I'm gonna say it's Black Mirror. Uh, no, 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 well, no, no, because this is the thing. This, this is Aquaman. The thing. He well, he did, yeah, the Mantis. That's, that's all in the same year. No, the, th- the yeah. thing I'm saying is what? Thanks, Nick. What? There was there was something he did that 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 mm. got him. Ca- but what was it? That, I don't know. A lot of stuff could have been shot before the year was released. That's what I'm saying. Mm. So you imagine a lot of stuff was released in the same year. Something got shot and was done that, that people before. saw. Or someone saw him in an audition for something that he didn't get, and they were like, "This motherfucker, who is he? Let's Michelle, put him in a in a whole bunch of shit." But it's like, but but because think about it, because because if he's in Watchmen mm-hmm. and he's in Black Mirror and he's in Aquaman and he's in this Candyman stuff, that stuff was all shot in 2018 yeah. mm-hmm. or before. You gotta oh, you gotta, you gotta do some digging now. So for because, all of us, because to me, I'm always curious when somebody kind of kicks off, you know, because mm-hmm. I was talking with um. Um, Aaron Thomas the other day and he was telling me about there's, uh, fuck, there's that guy there's a guy uh, there's an actor that he that he mentioned who was in Friday Night Lights that they he and he later he, he later went on to be in Breaking Bad um, he's a younger actor I can't get his name now um, I should look his name up but he was saying that they knew when they cast him in this little role in Friday Night Lights they're like oh you know we have to write more stuff for him he's that fucking good and I'm just, I'm just wondering, like, what was the role that someone saw Matina? Like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, we gotta because you know how this in the town works. The <coughs> casting agents, the casting agents, talk about everybody, right. and they let people. And of so, so you come in, and, and you didn't. It's, it might be a role that you didn't get, but everyone's talking about right. you. Like, who right. is this? You need to see this guy. You need to see this guy. Well, bring I will him be bring curious. Him, bring him, bring him. Yeah, y'all come do the podcast, and you can tell us yourself <laughs> how you popped off. That's hilarious. Anyway, um, so anyway, thank you guys. We appreciate it. All you guys all over the world listen to the show. Um, for sure, all these years we've been doing this thing for a minute. <clears throat> Did we say 2013 or something like that? Time flies. 13 or 14. Whenever the Peter won the Oscars, that was the year, the first episode, because yeah. we did the prediction a few months before. Right, but remember, like I said, we were on. Oh, that's right. Names. We yeah, did, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't know we did ten episodes on this other podcast. I forget what the hell it's called. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, on another, but it was still called mm-hmm. Screenwriters Rant Room. Mm-hmm. But um, when we switched and we started our own thing, I changed it to Hilliard Gets at Screenwriters Rant Room. Mm-hmm. Rant room, whatever the fuck. Anyway, <laughs> can't even speak straight. Okay. Um, so anyway, we appreciate you guys all these years listening to the show, um, following us. You know, like I said, get those t-shirts, get you know, support the show on Patreon, whatever. Um, and you know, we'll see how it goes. You know, over the next few weeks. Um, Everybody, stay safe. Yeah. If uh, if uh, if um, if they decide we kind of go into a quarantine or something, Chris just be posting it on. <laughs> He'll do a couple of bottle episodes for what us. What is it? Would I just read? Don't worry about it. Look, man. <laughs> I, like I said, you were here, I was saying before. In Africa, they're dealing with Ebola and malaria, and they, that's why they're laughing at us. Because <laughs> like, because, because those are some really dangerous diseases. And they've been through, and they've been through some shit, and they yeah. have some expertise, <clears throat> and we've been so entitled and so privileged and so protected that's and lied true. to that now when it happens, we're actually seeing that's America true. unravel. The Ooh. threads are unraveling. And I'm going to be real with y'all. It is a delight. I have been waiting because I've been saying for years, all it's going to take is one pandemic to show that we're not the shit we think we are. And now that it's happening, 
I'm hoping I make it. Bitch ass as president. I hope yes, and we got a bitch ass as a president. Damn. So. The, the evil, the evil <laughs> sci-fi person in me is sitting here twirling the mustache and sipping the tea, oh. going, hmm, oh. what more? By, by the time this airs, you all may have a little bit more insight and info, but if not, you know, stay safe. And black yeah. people, don't embarrass me. <laughs> don't be buying up shit and trying to sell it on Amazon. That's and too, it's too late for that. Oh, don't oh, be oh, tweeting. Oh, oh, it's too late already. Yeah, yeah. that, that, that yeah. train has it. left the station. Black, black people. Look, let me see, I promise let me see, you. If you're black Native person, people. Native people. Don't so embarrass me. Don't get on TV with the, with the, with the news. Don't don't embarrass yourself with the news because black people always look like a fool when they get interviewed. True. And it, having hip surgery doesn't give you permission to cut the line to get in the supermarket. Yeah. Oh, is that personal? And neither does your <laughs> relationship with Jesus. Is that personal? <laughs> I, I'll leave it right there. Not even Jesus. <laughs> But I have a personal relationship with the Lord. Anyway, I have him on the main line. The episode is already quite <laughs> exactly as y'all see. We All call right, this y'all. All right. we call this the rant room because we just be going on and on about some bullshit. Anyway, <laughs> we appreciate y'all. We love y'all, motherfuckers. Um, so everybody joining me, y'all know how we do it on the rant room on this show. We keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what everybody. Two thousand and twenty. Peace, y'all. Ciao. I'ma say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Red Room. Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind And the business got me stressed In the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerds Got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening Your pen and words Are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the Red Room. Red Room. Red Room.